Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Episode 192, and we are back on a regular somewhat schedule because it is not the last minute. Uh-oh. We are midway through the week we're here. Early. Yeah, we're a little early. Oh. And boy, how timely was this? Mm, <laughs> we so uh, funny. You were literally like, look, I don't think being early is a good thing. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck to say. Yeah, I was like, I, I was just telling him off the air sometime this morning. Or as a matter of fact, let's be specific because today is Wednesday. The, the timing is actually a part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we got busy shit to do, me and my brother. We, we're busy men. We've got things to do with lives and the whatnot. So mm-hmm. we have to figure out. These perfect little uh, segments of time throughout the week where we can get together uh, to do this. So we had scheduled this recording for some time in the afternoon on Wednesday. And I was pretty honest with you this morning. I said, man, I am beat. I am exhausted. I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. And Lord and behold, a I don't, I don't want to be so happy about it because people are losing opportunities here so i don't want to sound ecstatic about it but lord uh, and behold i mean if you ask rvd they're not losing opportunities. oh there you go you're speaking to the man exactly <laughs> but yeah so i we got gifted uh one hell of a topic here and we're gonna main event this program today episode 182 with the conversation of everything that is literally happening as we record this because i'm finding even more and more information yeah, tractor uh, trailers are being flipped as we Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, we've got interview quotes. We've got a lot of things going on. We're going to be talking heavily about a brand new con that we haven't talked about here on the show. But apparently, <laughs> this Good guy point. is a kick-ass, no-nonsense motherfucker. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about these releases that just happened a little while ago. I know you guys are hearing this on Saturday. Uh, but for us, this this is literally unfolding while we're on the air. So I got my phone open. I got things going on. If anything else bleeps as we record this, uh, we'll include it. And if we miss anything between now and Saturday, uh, we'll just rebound this uh, 
on the next show. But we've got other topics besides these releases. We're not just going to sit here and do the cha-cha on somebody's dead WWE career. We've got other things that we're going to talk about. And of which, I got this this notification. Of course, for some oddball reason, whenever something happens in the wrestling world, I get 30 million messages for it. Mm-hmm. So obviously that uh, that's that's cool because bit of an oversell, but yeah yeah a bit of yeah so what <laughs> happens is what happens is is I get a bunch of these different hits on different for some reason on different social media platforms I got one buddy that hits me up on Instagram one on Facebook Messenger one that texts me it's weird so I have all these different variations and I was getting the same links over and over and the one that I basically has sent you so we can discuss that later but where I was it's one of those where were you in the moment type situations. Uh, I was at the, we're going to call that, not hospital, clinic, that was a clinic, is that what we were doing? Yeah. You were, oh, we went no. to, we went to the clinic here. Uh, shot number one for the official oh, vaccination okay. gotcha, 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 gotcha. of AJ or CD took place today. How'd that uh, go? Uh, well, I hold up. I'm all right. I'm waiting for the superpowers to kick in. I'm thinking at some point they say about twelve. Up. They say around anywhere from ten to like fourteen hours is when you start to get whatever the fuck it is you're gonna get. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. The lady laid it down for me too. I, I. This is my first shot for this stuff. So like, I get in there and they start telling me when as soon as we sit down, they're like, "All right. Well, I'm glad you're here." Like she was trying to be <laughs> real comforting and stuff. Here's all the shit that's gonna happen to you. Now, mind you, she didn't say. Here are some symptoms that may occur. She goes, listen, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she runs it all down. Muscle soreness, nausea, this and that and this and forth. She names a list of some of the most irritating, annoying, and downright uncomfortable. Bunch of annoying shit. Yeah. That's yeah. the most uncomfortable shit you could possibly fathom. Right. And then she goes, well, <sighs> How's all that sound for you? I said, wow, that sounds fun. Let's do this. Put that juice in me. I can't wait to feel like a piece of shit for the next 48 hours. Let's go. I'm I'm, I'm stoked personally. So, yeah, so she did that. Shot was no biggie. Then I'm supposed to wait 15 minutes. She goes, you got to wait 15 minutes yeah. before you can leave. I was like, yep. why? She was like, in case you get side effects. And I said, whoa, I can't, you mean all that wonderful shit you whoa, just laid out You didn't me? read me the fine print before you poked me with No, not shit. even that. I said all that long list of shit you just gave me. You mean I don't have to wait? It can happen right now? I'm excited as fuck. Let's go Ooh. sit down. I it's start like yelling. Russian, yeah, I start playing. Russian roulette that doesn't stop getting. Yeah, old Russian roulette that's the, of that I'm being told I'm playing right now. Sounds like this is great. <laughs> we're, I don't, live. I don't, we're live. Fuck it. <laughs> I started playing Yahoo, not Yahoo, I don't know where I got that from, Yahtzee on my phone, and I'm like, I'm waiting for this shit to go down, I'm like, here it is, nothing happened, I was like, ah, bollocks, so she's like, yeah, she's like, give it a few hours, I'm like, man, your bedside manner is fantastic, she was just so real about it, she was like, it was almost like she was rooting for me to get fucked up. Probably, she was like, oh, no, my, it's, it's going to happen. My experience was nothing like that, dude. She was just like, hey, you might feel some soreness. You might get a little bit of fever. If you do, just take a pill. You'll be fine. She's like, just use Tylenol. Don't use anything crazy because you really want it to work. You don't want to kill it or that's the whole point of it. So, yeah, just wait 15 minutes and then you can leave. Oh, <laughs> like, that was mine. It was super she easy. Sounded, she sounded nice. She sounded lovely. Yeah. And then she, she put the shot in while she was talking to me to distract me. I didn't even feel it happen. I just had a Band-Aid on my arm. I'm like, ooh, what's that? You some type of magician? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you slipped me a Mickey. 
Yep. Or some shit. Yeah. No, see, that's, that's the difference between getting your shot in a civilized area like you did and then mine mind getting mine in Brooklyn. Yeah, it, and, the, and the lady who did it was some white lady, you would think, upon viewing, you're like, oh, she seems nice. And she was just talking to me like, oh, that was nothing. My wife just reminded me. As soon as I sat down and we did all the stuff about the side effects and stuff, she starts confirming information. You know, give me your, you know, your name, your, your birthday. I gave her my birthday. She goes, oh. We have the same birthday. Like it was a fucking prize to be won. Like we just lotteried this shit. Oh, oh, do I get a special type of vaccine now? Do I get the <laughs> special birthday version? Is there a confetti mix version of the fucking vaccine? I don't even know why you bothered to share that information. And she's clearly younger than me. I said, no, no, no. We do not share a birthday. You have my birthday. I had that we first. <laughs> I had it first. I it is it mine. First. It is mine. I claimed it. And then your whore of a mother came out and just spat you out mm. trying to steal my spotlight. Yep. But I don't allow it. I, I will not allow it. You wait what happens after these 15 minutes is up. If super strength is one of the shit I'm getting, you're fucked. You're the first one getting punched yeah. in the face. Punched, speared through that window, all kinds of shit. That's what you get for yammering during my vaccine experience. So I got to go back, uh, what the fuck, uh, June 24th is my next appointment for the complete version of the uh, the vaccine. This too? Yeah. So, and then everyone's like, well, the second shot's the one that gets you. I'm like, all right. So 92, let me see, 93, 94, 95. So as we prepare for episode 195, I will uh, be fully vaccinated at that point. So I will share my pain and anguish. And we share this. We share the same blood, dude. It literally did nothing to me. My arm barely got sore. I got a little warm at like three in the morning. <laughs> a little warm. Yeah. And then I just went and took a shit and went back to sleep, and I oh. woke up fine. And I didn't look back. It's been normal ever since. So I've never looked back. You might anything. be. You might be okay, dude. Yeah. She was like moving around a bit. So that you know it doesn't get as stiff. So I was like, yeah, you do want to massage it. If you massage it too late, it will get like super sore. Oh, well, there you go. I need, apparently, I need to massage it, babe. That's her. So that's her job. I'm putting in the order. You don't. I always want you to touch it. What are you talking about? Well, okay. So moving on. Here. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I just want to let everybody know. Yes, uh, the first one is on there and in the books now. Really quickly, at the very, very beginning of this, yes, I am aware, because I've been asked, I am fully aware that AEW had a pay-per-view this past weekend. No, I have zero interest in talking about that fucking pay-per-view. Not because I thought it was terrible in any way. Did you get a chance to see any of it, since I got you here now? See any, what was it again? Double or Nothing from AEW. Double or Nothing, no, I have not seen any of that. Okay, I saw a little bit of it. My week, so Memorial Day weekend for my job is the hardest week in the fucking, of, year? All, of the whole year, so I was literally, I was Why is that, sales? Like, what is the deal with that? Why is this one the busiest? It's just, it's just. Busier than like, Christmas? Usually, usually, yeah. Well, Christmas is spanned across, like, this is just one week. Okay. Like Christmas starts super early. So, you know, it's like the peak of good weather. People are barbecuing. Usually there's a shit ton of barbecue sales and oh, people God. want flowers. And it's just a big seasonal. So they scheduled me like on the books for uh, 
for 48 hours plus whatever it is I did myself from staying longer and stuff like that. So I have not been able to watch anything, but I'm definitely about to start catching up because after that week, it like right now, it gets it gets a lot easier. The days I don't have to be there six days a week and shit like that. So I'm excited to to watch some different stuff. But long winded way of saying no, I have not seen any of it yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I got a chance to see some of the beginning stuff. Uh, I I was watching it on and off because I was with my son and I had the headphones on while I was playing with my son. So I was kind of more listening to it than I was watching it, which I learned is more irritating than just watching it. So eventually that stopped and I just had it in in the background type deal. Right. It wasn't terrible. I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't that terrible, but it wasn't enough to really grab me. So I just about halfway through, I turned it off. I gave up and I was like, all right, I'm just going to focus on my family at this point. Right, right. Because right, I'm splitting right. my attention at this point, and I'm like, well, which would normally be okay if they were doing something that was worth ignoring my family for, but they didn't. So I just turned it off. I was like, all right, I'll follow, I'll watch the rest whenever I get a chance, and I, I don't know if I'm gonna get the chance, so I'm not talking about it. I don't really care. Uh, no disrespect to AEW, or you know, because everybody's like, well, your friends are in the main event. That's awesome. Uh, congrats to them. I hope they had a great time. Uh, but I, and I hope I am gonna watch that match back because the first stadium stampede, there was a spot where Ortiz and Santana were fucking up. Uh, who were they fighting? Oh, they were fucking up Matt Hardy. This is right. the first one about a year ago, and stadium stampede. So they're fighting like all around the stadium, and they got to one point where they were like by concessions. And many times in wrestling, we see the old trope, the old salt in the eyes of dirt or powder or whatever the fuck. So Ortiz came up with his wonderful idea last year where he was going to blind Matt Hardy, but he pulled out a small, not really identifiable, but I could tell what it was. He blinded him with the Odobo. Oh. He threw Odobo at him and blinded Matt Hardy, which I thought was fantastic for two reasons. Because no one has ever done a blinding with Adobo before, and I think that's a very underrated tool. Secondly, I was under the impression since Matt Hardy has been married to a Puerto Rican for so long and has had many children with this person, mm-hmm. that he would have built up an adobo immunity by now. But right, the fact right. that he has not has proven to me that the strength of adobo was just too much. There is no possibility of an immunity. So when this stadium stampede match took place, I remember texting him saying, I said, you're lucky that all you used was adobo." And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean, I know there's no disqualification, but there's only but so much a human being can take. And if you had used the adobo con sazon, which is the complete, it's got the sazon and the adobo together. Yes. And yes. I sent him a picture of the one I had in my kitchen. I said, if you'd used this, you might have been actually disqualified from a non-disqualified match. So that would have been too much. They would have called the police. You would have been arrested. It would have been a whole deal. Luckily, you just used the adobo part. And he said that night, he said, oh, that's hilarious. I need to use that. I said, you should. Next time you're in the stadium stampede, use the adobo con salson. And that's it. It's over. It's finished. That guy we will never see that motherfucker again in wrestling. His career would be over. So I'm looking forward to this match to see if he does it. If he That's doesn't do it. With Sasson. <laughs> on Sasson. With the, with the, it's got to be the complete bottle. That's it. That man. person will never regain vision ever again. That's it. His life, that's it. He just becomes an invalid at that point. 
it would be completely, completely done. So I'm hoping to see maybe if that's something that happens throughout the course of the event. We will see, but I'm not, I didn't really divulge too much into that. However, I have divulged into some things here that I wanted to talk about on the show. I sent you a link, but uh, you just explained you've been super busy, so I know you haven't had a chance to really divulge into those any biographies that I sent you. No, dude, that's on the list, though, man. Oh, yeah. As soon as I get to... <coughs> Ooh. My God. Something came over me there for a Snuck second. up on you. There it is. Uh, as soon as the missus gets home today and after dinner, I'm throwing on some of those. I want to start working through them. Absolutely. Well, since you didn't see them, and I, I've got, I've had a chance to see all of them up until Warrior. I haven't seen Warrior yet. Good. They're bangers. Uh, well, here's the thing. This is one of the things that I wanted to talk about because for someone like you who hasn't seen it, I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there that haven't. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, I mean, you've been watching it for fucking forever. Oh, uh, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, I would suggest probably not wasting your time because there's not a whole lot on here on these a and biographies that we don't already know. All right. Some of right. the material on these biographies have been done to death over and over because think about the people they chose. They chose the creme de la creme. All right, these are the legends upon legends upon legends of the people that they've selected to do these biographies on. And my wife right. had asked me after I had watched a few, she goes, is there anything on there that you didn't already know? Right. And I'm sure you could nitpick Steve Austin's biography, which was the first one they did. I mean, all that stuff's pretty well known. Uh, the only thing that was new to someone like me was he got a little bit more in-depth with his relationship with his daughters. Yeah. And one of the lines that always stuck out, you know, because his daughters are basically adults now. He doesn't really know them because he 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 even told a story. He was there. He flew out from an event to go to the hospital. He was there just in time. The baby was born. He held the baby. He kissed the baby. He kissed the mommy. He gave the baby to the doctor. He gave away. He got back in the car, back on the plane to go do Monday Night Raw. Right. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that was the extent of his relationship with one of his daughters. That was about as good as it gets. And they were trying, you know, throughout the course of the documentary, to be like, "Well, that's the price you pay, right?" He was the mm-hmm. top guy. Everything is hinging on him. This is what it is. If if you're a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin mark, like a real big fan of Stone Cold, but all you really know is the character. As the documentary progresses, I, and this is just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. As a human being, I think people will start to like him a little less each time, because oh, because he, of his because he's living his truth and his mistakes. Well, well, see that's the thing. As he progresses through the documentary, he admits a lot of things about himself, and he said he says in the documentary, you'll see it when you watch it. He says, you know, I was on the road all the time. I'm the one pulling the cart. I'm the top guy here in the company. Everything's hinging on me. So every little thing that they ever asked him to do. Every appearance, every event, everything. Right. Reg- he went to all of, of them. Sacrifice. He said, yeah. He goes, was I the best husband? No. Was I the best father? No. Is that something that I regret to this day? Absolutely. But in the moment, I fought to be the top guy. So when you get there, you got to do top guy shit. This is, That's it. This is how it goes. And, and he goes, I put my – he said the sentence, and you can see him start to choke up because it hurt to say. But it was the truth. He goes, I put my career – Above everybody else, including my own personal wants. Did I want to be there with my family? Of course. 
but I right. had a responsibility right. as the guy, not just in this company. And he felt, and he very well, I think, is correct in this. He wasn't just the top guy in that company. He was the top guy in the industry. In the business. In the business, in, in the world. Say the word wrestling yeah. and Stone Cold is He there. was the top guy, and he right. felt that pressure every day. Triple H is on that documentary. And he said, he goes, you will never understand what it takes as a, as a random individual. You will never understand, unless you're in that position, what it takes to not only be there, but to fucking stay there. Right. It's getting there is yeah, only the start of the problem. It's almost impossible. And people think itself. that's the hardest thing. That's yeah. not even fucking close. It's not even fucking close. It's a Hey, you know that family that I built alongside or trying to build my career? Guess what? They no longer exist because I'm here. Yeah. He right. said, he goes, he goes, we were on the road during that time, wasn't a whole lot of cell phones, was no FaceTime, was no Skype. Right. Nope. You didn't see your family, period. Nope. And when you were there, you tried, but you were basically just some guy that lived there at that point. I wonder how much life for them would have changed with FaceTime. Oh, a lot of the individuals. I mean, it's FaceTime and all kinds Zoom, of. Zoom. Any, like all this shit. Yeah. Uh, that, there's a lot of that going on in locker rooms today. Right. And and I, I, I really do truly believe that would have made one hell of a difference, but technology wasn't there yet, man. No, no for sure. Yeah, we were just yeah, it up on our phones. Yeah. So, like, it's a really good documentary, especially if, if, if you're a hardcore and may not be a whole lot new to it. Uh, if you're a casual and you just like the character and you don't really know too much about the backstage stuff, it's a really interesting one because you're talking about a story about, as we just said, a guy who was on top. You know, so you kind of get to see that rise as he goes up and then everything he was doing. They talk about the Owen Hart thing, which was a hilarious story. Because I've seen that exact conversation take place in front of me in locker rooms. And it was hilarious to hear that on that level at the WWE with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Owen Hart, two of the greatest professionals of all time, are having the most casual wrestling conversation that I have ever heard. Where, like, they were in passing... Right. And Owen's like, hey, how do you feel about taking the uh, fucking pile driver? And he was like, uh, which one? And he's like, I'm going to give you a tombstone. I turn you upside down. Blah, blah. He goes, oh, like Taker, you're going to land on your knees. He goes, no, I landed a sit out. And he was like, oh, you're going to sit out. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to sit out with it. And then they'll build up toward our finish or whatever. He was like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> it's like, because the tombstone he always took was Taker's tombstone was just a drop to the knees. He's never yeah. he's never taken a sit out one before. And he goes, "You're gonna catch me, you're gonna catch me in transition, and then you're gonna fucking sit out." He's like, "Yep." I was like, and he said on the documentary, he goes, "I just said fuck it because it's Owen Hart, right? And he's not right. gonna he trust like, him. I trust Owen Hart. Fuck it. So let's do it. It'll be dope. We do the whole flip over, catch me, bam, drop me, and then it'll lead to the finish. Right. And of course, the, the miscommunication happens in that transition. They show it where it's like." Owen has done it before in the past, but he caught him too low and the adjustment was wrong and then crack. And then you just kind of see it all the way through like that. And Steve says on the documentary, because I never did business with him after that. He goes, I didn't hate him. We still talked. We were still cool. No heat. But I couldn't do business with him after that because I, I have to stay as healthy as I can right? Uh, to help 
push this company further. When you put so much, when you when you put so much faith in someone who's supposed to be a veteran, yeah, to be so nonchalant about something, especially when you're trying to be that top guy we were just talking about, you can't risk that shit, man. And it's just like someone like that has been there for so long. Like, how do you have those conversations with them? We're like, hey, you're wrong, and this is why, and all that kind of crazy shit. So fuck it, just avoid the business. Yeah. Spe- <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, as we speak, this is kind of breaking news. You guys can check it on my Twitter at agrc96. I posted a picture of me drinking the Stone Cold Broken Skull IPA. You got some? I did. They're delicious, and they're good. Uh, they're great. So what, are you supposed to order them? No. Uh, you can, uh, We went to a warehouse. We happened to have a warehouse near us. Right, right, right. It has right, all right, this right. different selection and stuff. And uh, I posted a picture of uh, myself with the can, you know, just kind of putting it out there. Hey, this stuff is delicious. And I tagged Steve to it. And Steve just responded and said, cheers. So oh, there you go. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve. Just, I guess his ears were burning. cheered. Dude, you cheers with Stone Cold, dude. How's Stone it feel? Stone Cold Steve Austin. With his own brew, man. His own brew. So cheers, I want brother. some. I've I've been wanting. I want that. I want the, what is it? Uh, Taker has what? Wine? And so does Chris Jericho? Yes. So Taker's got the wine. Jericho has got the bubbly, the champagne. Champagne, yes. right. I want to get the bubbly. I want to try all of those. I've got the Taker wine here. But you don't drink it because. Uh, oh, like, I don't have it anymore. We did drink it. It's a, I got the bottle still. I kept the bottle. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I got the Ultimate Warrior one, which is the Ziffendale. I haven't had that one yet. Ooh, that sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I want to try all that shit. I really want to try Stone Cold's beer. There you go. See, why not? Try it's some good stuff. I got it at the warehouse here, so I can I can get some of that for you if you'd like. Hook it up. So Hell how yeah. about that? We're live on the air here. We're recording, and Steve Austin just fucking hit me on the Twitter as we're talking about the Steve Austin documentary. So I That's take awesome. it all back. When you watch this, you'll think he's a fantastic man. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so how I about that. that? I love that wishy-washy energy. Yeah, there you go. I'm favorite. a flip-flopper. He, if you're gonna Fuck t- that guy, but he's awesome. Yeah, if you're going to tweet me back, then yeah. That's fucking, he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> he's he's, he's the, kind of a cunt. He's, he's, he's kind of a cunt. He's my friend. Yeah, so. but we're good. We're friend, We're basically best friends now. Just, I get it. That's how Twitter works, right? If a celebrity responds back to you, they go, okay, we're friends now. That's what He acknowledges you, yes. Yeah, because yes. I don't mean to brag, you know, but you know. You now exist in his world. For like two seconds. Forever. Uh, he got that blip on his phone and just said, fuck it, this AJ guy's pretty cool. Let me tweet, let me tweet back. That's it, man. Oh, man. Yeah, so you know I'm posting that, that Steve got back to me. That's pretty cool. Anywho, yeah, but the documentaries as a whole, man, there's, there's what was it, the other one? Shawn Michaels did one. There's really not a whole lot of new shit in that. Uh, the Piper one was nice. Not a whole lot of new shit in that. Booker T. This was the one that stood out for me. I'm going to be honest with you. Because the Booker T one, Book, Booker T's story as a whole has never really truly been told. That's what I was wondering. That so, has to be chock full of new shit. Yeah, you don't and, see many things with Booker T. Yeah, so the whole deal with him going to jail and uh, committing a crime or whatever when he was a kid, they the WWE touched on that a bit when they had that promo with him in Triple H, when they had that program going into WrestleMania 19. They were trying to make him appear like this uh, this ultimate underdog and all this other stuff. They were really telling a little bit of this true story uh just a little bit 
and and so we got bits and pieces. But for this documentary, there hasn't been a whole lot told about his life. So in this documentary, I mean, even as a hardcore wrestling fan like myself, a lot of this shit was new. And the funny thing is, is his real life story was so interesting. I think out of the hour and a half that this biography was, maybe slightly more than half of it had almost nothing to do with wrestling. It was just all the shit that he just fucking experienced and survived and went through. And I didn't even know he had an adult son. Apparently he had a kid when he was a teenager. Right. And that kid went through the system because Booker T was in jail and did all this other stuff. And, And now that his son is currently in jail. So he kind of went down that same path that his dad did. Hey, man. And that was what's a, at the end of that path. So. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're, we'll, we're hoping to see that that's the end of the path. But yeah, uh, we'll see that's if nice. that's the turnaround. But right. it was it was nice to see all these different things. And and I kind of breathed of a, a, a breath of fresh air when I got it. <laughs> I had always heard that Stevie Ray and Booker T were actual brothers. But I was always kind of skeptical. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I mean, there are two pretty buff black dudes, but there's a lot of buff black dudes. I don't know. And it was nice to see the shoot names because, again, this is a family that kind of kept things on the cuff. And him and his brother legitimately are brothers, and I was like, thank God for that. But we, we start to see their come up as the Ebony Express and and all kinds of different gimmicks that they had before. They were very nice to skip past a part when they used to come to the ring with chains around their neck, being led by a white guy. But they left that part out, but that's cool. That that didn't fit the narrative, I understand. It's going to hey, take man. you down a different path. It was a, it was a different world. It was man. a different time. It was a different, it was time. A different world. They were trying because, and you know, it's funny because Booker T, not on this documentary, but on his own podcast, which he has, he told the story about how the chains came together. They were they were his idea, him and his brother, because Booker T had, like I told the story, he had been arrested. And when he got arrested and went to jail, he found out that chain gangs are real. When they put you together by the chains and you start cleaning up the side of the roads and shit like that, he thought that was just some old Western shit. That shit is real. He experienced it. And he was trying to bring some of that realism to wrestling. That's where right. the chain came in. Now, I don't know whose idea was it to go around the neck but, you know, it is what it is. Probably Mass's idea. Mass's idea. Oh, it was Mass's idea. Absolutely. And Sister Sherry came in there and changed the whole game. She said, no, nah, we got to take this shit off. These heroes are Negroes. We can't have them on TV with these chains on. <laughs> it's Southern promotion. They'll get it. But once we start going into the northern states, they might not be into it as much. You don't know. Right. Uh, but his descent. And I love the fact that they were a tag team and a, a successful tag team making fucking gobs of money. And then someone got to Booker and said, you know, you might want to try this single shit. His brother was like, they right. You nasty. You should go try the single shit. I was like, yo, I thought we was going to hear the drastic story uh, of how they, it was all coming down toward the end. And there was a, no, well, they were like, we're a tag team. And then all of a sudden they just went, nah, he can go singles. And that right. was it. He just turned it up. That's when he became a. 58-time television champion and a 47-time U.S. champion. and He was winning every belt multiple times, but they would not let him near the fucking uh, world title. And then they talked about the dreaded, unspeakable bash at the beach pay-per-view where two titles were created because Hulk Hogan in his dastardly creative control almost fucked the whole world up. 
Mm. It was a whole ordeal. You guys are going to really get a kick out of the Booker T one, I promise you. It's sad. Some parts of it are really sad. But for the most part, yeah, but for the most part, it's a really interesting one. That's one of my favorite ones so far. Right. That's one of my favorite ones. I really enjoy it. So, yeah, so those biographies are there. As we watch the biographies, uh, right alongside that are the Dark Side of the Rings that are also coming out. Their production's a little different. <laughs> so for those of you wondering, A&E biographies, yes, it's being done by A&E, but they're doing this in conjunction. They're working with the WWE. So Vince McMahon is in there. They're using footage from the WWE. So those stories are going to have a little bit of a different spin on their stories than the dark side of the ring will be because they're not working in conjunction with anyone. They're just telling the story as truthfully as they possibly can, which is why the Ultimate Warrior ones that are coming out are going to be really interesting because they came out simultaneous. So I want to see which one did what. But yeah, Dark Side of the Ring did theirs. They did the Brian Pillman for two weeks. They did two parts on Brian Pillman because you couldn't do one episode on Brian Pillman. Too big of a story. Right. Got to you got to spend some time on this. And since they were able to get Steve for it, you know, you you got a lot of information out of that one. If I could recommend anything before even before the document the, the A&E ones, the Dark Side of the Ring ones are always good. Fact-checking on both sides, a little shaky. But for the most part, they seem to all be on point. You remember the loose cannon Brian Pillman, don't you? A little bit. A little bit with the hair. A little bit. A little bit. They, they talked about the gun episode when they was when uh, Steve Austin went to Brian Pillman's house to fuck him up. And he was sitting in the house with a fucking gun. They mm. say that Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass. Well, Pillman 9mm Glock says, I'm going to shoot his ass. I yeah, was oh like, God, God damn. damn. Yeah, it got real on that episode. They had to That's apologize. So they had to, my, my bad. Yeah, they, they were like, because the gun actually fired off. They didn't show him shooting him, uh, but it, they, uh, it fired off, and there was a, the insinuation that there was a shooting. And then Steve eventually came onto the... Uh, back on the screen as they were arguing and the, the boys were trying to split them up. It was a whole deal. It was hilarious. I was a kid when that happened. I thought it was the funniest shit I'd ever seen in my life. I was like, yo, this motherfucker's gonna kill Steve for real. But I thought, to be honest, I thought that made Steve look more badass. Because this motherfucker knew he had a gun. And he didn't give a shit. He kept walking he towards him. He's shit. like, nah. Nah, I'm gonna give you these hands regardless. Like, mm-hmm. you, if you're gonna shoot me, you better fucking shoot me. <laughs> I thought that was great. That shit was the best. So, yeah, they did those. And then, of course, the Warrior. They've got other ones. Oh, the Collision in Korea. They did one on Dark Side of the Ring. Did the Collision in Korea. You want to hear a weird. What's that about? That's what I'm going to say, man. If you want to hear a weird. It's a wrestling story, but not really. It's it's so weird. They very rarely speak. And, and anything related to wrestling on that episode, because what happened with that was uh, Anoki, Antonio Anoki, who was who is who is legend in Japan. He is legend. Uh, he was trying to put together a peace festival between the Japanese and the Korean governments. He said, "Well, nothing 
at all speaks peace more than uh than wrestling, right? So he decided we're gonna go. We're gonna take some Japanese talent. We're gonna go to Korea. We're gonna put a show on for the Korean government, or for the Korean for the Korean people for the for the peoples, right? We're gonna put a show on for the peoples, and and in order to do this uh, in true peacekeeping form, you mm-hmm. want to put on the best show and you want to get as many different variations of talent that you can possibly get. Uh, so he called Eric Bischoff and said, "Hey, is there any way that we can get some of the WCW guys?" to come on this tour. And they were like, sure, fuck it, right? Why not? Uh, when Eric went to tell the U.S. government they were going, they advised them not to because they're probably going to murder you if you go over there. And he was like, oh, well, that would suck. And then he just went anyway. And he grabbed a bunch of people, Ric Flair, Scott Norton, Too Cold Scorpio, and Road, Road Warrior Hawk, quite a few people, Chris Benoit, okay. grabbed a few names, and sent them all to Japan to meet up with Anoki, and then Anoki and was going to bring some Japanese talent of his own, and they were going to go put on a wrestling show in Korea. Now, there's no planes, there's no commercial flights that go from Japan to Korea, so they had to sit there and wait for Korea to send a plane over to get them, and then fly them to North Korea, and they don't have commercial flights to do that, so they sent a military plane over, which already oh, which already scared the fuck out of them, right? Because it's not a commercial flight. So these seats, these are like military seats. They're in tight. Some of these motherfuckers are 300 plus pounds. They're like, what the fuck? And the planes go into Korea. And I think it was uh, Scorpio. He says, it's the weirdest thing. We're in the plane. He goes, I got the window seat. And we're flying over Korea. And from where we're coming from, we're, we're over South Korea. And then we have to pass the border into North Korea. Mm-hmm. He goes, and when you start getting to the border, you see all of these barricades and military weapons, guns and cannons and whatever the fuck, all pointed toward the border, toward North Korea. As the plane continues to travel, you see the North Korean government facing their weapons and cannons and guns toward the same wall. He's like, so it's like a cartoon where it's like two sets of guns and cannons facing each other all by this invisible barrier. And he's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, that was the first moment where he was like, oh, this may have been a mistake. Right. And he was like, we this, may leave yeah, this is bad. He said, so we get to Korea and we get off the plane and we go into the airport. The first thing that they do is take everyone's passports away from them. Right. And they were like, this is no good. <laughs> this is not cool. I, I'm not getting a good vibe. And then they pack them all into a, a bus or a car or something. And they first thing they do is they drive them to the to, to the city, uh, the center of the city, where they had just erected a statue for their former leader who had just passed away, and they drove them to the statue, and gave the wrestlers flowers and little knickknacks or whatever, and had them all go to the statue and place the flowers down or in the knickknacks whatever they gave them to pay homage, to pay respects to their fallen leader. And then they filmed them doing it. And then even interviewed some of the wrestlers. Like, you could see Ric Flair being interviewed or whatever. They were asking them questions and stuff. And the whole idea was that, look at all these big superstars from Japan and America coming here to pay homage to our leader. Isn't that nice of them? Look how how much respect our leader had. That all of these celebrities from around the world. Muhammad Ali was there. They had Muhammad Ali doing it. 
It was like it was like look at all these celebrities. They all like they all had a fucking choice in the matter, right? They were like, oh, they have they all flown into Korea to pay homage to our leaders, <laughs> and, and then drove them to the fucking hotel, which was a shitty facility as it was. They weren't allowed to leave their fucking rooms. They weren't allowed to do this. They weren't allowed to do that. They had to sit still. There's a story there where Scott Norton called his wife, and they were having a conversation because they weren't allowed to use phones or communicate. So the wife is pissed off because she hasn't heard from her husband in two days. Right. And he's going off to Korea, of all places. So she's giving him shit. And he's like, yo, you have to understand, I am in a shithole right now. And the minute he said shithole, his connection got cut. He was like, I'm in a shithole right now. And she's saying something, and then it got cut. And he thought, oh, they must, something must have happened with the signal or whatever. Because even though it's a landline, it's, it's still you know ran a certain way. And it's like, it wasn't even five minutes, they're knocking on his door. They collect him. They take him downstairs to another room where he gets the feeling they're getting ready to snuff his ass out because the dude, the main dude walks in and starts screaming at him, you can't call this place a shithole. You can't insult our country, our land. He goes, hold up. Are you listening to our phone conversations? And they're like, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Obviously. He goes, wait a minute, are you listening to our phone conversations? And he responds back, wait a minute, you don't think I'm listening to your phone conversations? That that was not an automatic thing? Uh, Yes, of course. (laughs) Wait, you don't? I'm I'm sure he goes, and this is why, because you're talking shit about us, and we don't appreciate it. So it was a whole thing, like, it's a really crazy thing. They had a stadium set for the event that they were going to actually perform. Right, and they were like, "Yeah, one hundred and eighty thousand people are going to be here," and they're like, "Whoa, that's fucking insane!" Like, who's ever thrown an event that fucking big before? That's huge. So they were all kind of getting excited as it got closer to that. He goes, "And we're driving, and and we get to the venue or whatever, and we get our bags and stuff, and we start walking to get to the inside of the building, and there's like lines of people just trying to get in the facility. It just looks like if they looks like on the outside, like it's going to be a full fucking house." Right, And everyone, at that point, everyone was kind of already stressed out because of how crazy it was to be there. But they started feeling a little better because they're like, well, I mean, at least we got to wrestle in front of this huge house. This is crazy. And I think it was Bischoff, or was it Norton? I can't remember. Uh, they have handlers, like people from the military that are following them, translating for them. He looks over at one of the guys and goes, oh, this looks like it's going to be a crazy, crazy house. It's going to be a full building. And he goes, yeah. Uh, it was mandatory that they had to be here, so, so we know it's going to be full. Right. He's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, no, I, they have to be here, otherwise there's consequences for that." He's like, "Holy shit!" He's like, "So, are any of these people by any chance wrestling fans?" And they were like, "I don't even know if they know what the fuck wrestling even is, but they're here. So, right. here, so here it is." So they were like, "Yeah." So the show starts, and no one's making a fucking sound. Like, no one's cheering, no one's booing, there's just nothing. It's just, all you hear is the ring and a bunch of people doing shit. Even to the point where at one point, Road Warrior Hawk gets to the second rope and starts screaming, what are you guys even doing here? Like, it's the weirdest thing. And he was like, it, they didn't make a fucking sound. He goes, for the most part, people looked confused. Like, if you take a minute to just look at the audience, they didn't know what the fuck they were looking at. They'd never seen some shit like this. Right. He goes, so as we got closer and closer to the main event, which was Anoki versus Flair... Uh, Anoki kind of got them going because they they were familiar with him at least. And Flair's job was simple. Make Anoki look like the greatest motherfucker who's ever lived, and that's what Flair does. 
That's easy. That's easy work for him. Light work. Light work yeah, yeah, for the yeah, nature. Yeah. It's a Tuesday. That's a Tuesday. So he went in there and did that, and they finally got some audience responses out of that. Leave with the flair. They have the one match people respond to uh, anywhere in the world. You put flair out there, and shit happens. So that's yeah, that's a that's that's an easy way to. Yeah. No pun intended. Flare someone's ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, there's a lot more to the story. Obviously, it's a crazy story. If you guys get a chance to check it out, by the time they got back, uh, I think it was Bischoff. He goes, the fly, the plane lands in Japan, and the military guys stay on the plane. They just open up the gate for them and staircases and stuff, and help them with their bags so they can get off. But they never got off the plane. They stayed on the plane so that the plane could be refueled, and as soon as it was refueled, they were on their fucking way. And they said as soon as that plane door opened in Japan, and they all went down the steps, they said Flair got on his hands and knees and kissed the gravel and Mm. said out loud, I love Japan. (laughs) So, Jesus Christ, what did we just survive? What is that? What's happening over there? It's a crazy stuff. I got anxiety just listening to it. There is... The ultimate example, and this is what I classify it as. This was the ultimate example of white privilege. Mm. I need you to hear this story because it's hilarious. Bischoff told this story. So the whole time they're there, like I said, they have handlers, right? Military people, translators. The military people obviously were men with their AK-47s, their rifles, whatever it is. The translators, the handlers were predominantly female. They're there to wait hand and foot on you. When you need something, you don't leave the fucking room. Tell me what you need. I will go get you what you need. We're going to keep this nice and simple, right? Simple process. For whatever reason, let me not say that. The only reason I could possibly fathom is white privilege, right? This is this is textbook, textbook example of white privilege. For whatever reason, Bischoff decides he wakes up in the morning and he goes, man, this has been a stressful trip. This has been kind of weird. This is kind of out of it. I'm a little stressed out right now. I could use a run. And he goes, I could use a run. So I'm going to get dressed, and I'm going to go for a run. Just going to run. Just a jog or whatever. Just going to run. Go, go, I'm going to go for a run. And he goes, I never even thought twice about it, but I never told my handlers. I just got dressed and left. And he just went for a fucking run. And he goes, it was, at first, everything was going great. I'm jogging. I'm running. All this other stuff. I'm, I... He gets to a, around an area where it's more town-like, where there's mm-hmm. more people or whatever. He said, I get there, and people see me, and they just start parting like the Red Sea, right? Like the farther in I got, it just opened. They just got off. The, some of them scrambled, like like dipped like fast. They just got out of the way. He goes, and I'm walking, and I'm jogging, and then I came to a walk because I started realizing something's wrong, right? Because everyone's just moving out of his way. It was so weird. He goes, so I didn't really think anything of it. So I was just like, you know what? Let me get out of here before this becomes something. So he starts to run back to the hotel. He gets to the hotel, and his handler, the female, is basically (laughs) having the hugest heart attack on planet Earth. Because she's like, what are you doing? Where were you? What the hell is happening? And he had gotten it in his head based on conversation from other people that if she fucked this up, they could possibly kill her. Right. And he just went for a fucking run because he felt like it. Right, right, right. And that could cost this bitch her fucking life. And he's just like, he's trying to explain to her, no, 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 I'm sorry, I just went for a run, da, 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 da. After the whole thing had come down a little bit, you know, emotionally, 
he was trying to ask the question is like why were they parting like that like why were they trying so hard to keep their distance from me and the propaganda in the country at the time was that he was clearly an american and americans in that are they're taught in that area that americans are almost like the devil you know right. they're evil individuals and if they ever cornered you or got their hands on you or got around you that, that they could cause some real damage some problems to you so these people were not like looking at him like an outsider or intruder or he shouldn't be here they were looking at him like holy shit he's gonna kill us right they were running in fear from him and he was just like god damn and i'm like but how fucking white privileged are you to be in fucking communist korea and you're like you know what i just feel like doing whatever i want to do and don't even think about it. Because like you just I'm, have yeah. no thought process that you're in Korea, and yeah. it is very well known how they get down over there. Yeah. Oh, and was and if you didn't know, from the moment he got off the plane, they were making quite sure he understood you're going to be surrounded by guns the whole time. We're going to monitor your communication. We're going to take your passport from you. You're not allowed. Forget the hotel. You're not allowed to leave your room. Right. But he, I'm just gonna go for a run. It'll be fine. Quick, I'll be right back. I'll just, it's a, it's a stress relief for me. I'm just gonna go <laughs> to just. Could, could you be more white? Yeah. And the yes. dude, the dude actually, was, the answer to that is yes. That's <laughs> I'm pretty sure when he found out those people were parting because of pure fear, he probably got as erect as he's ever been in his life. He's like, like, well, oh, I like that feeling. Oh, I like that power. It feels good. I wish that was what people would do when I walk in the streets of America. Just move out of my way. I feel so good. I kind of want to go for a run. Yeah. Now that I ran because I was stressed, now I feel good. So I really want to run now. That's it. God damn. Yeah. So there's two different programs here with these biographies. So pick your poison here. They're all pretty good to us. I'm really degree. excited to watch some of these things. Oh, man. man. When, you get, when you get the time back in your corner, bro, some of these are going to be really, really good. Really, really good. I want to see the Ultimate Warrior one that I missed it. And there's a Mick Foley one. I'm sure there won't be much in there that I haven't already heard, but it's it's there, so I'll get a chance to listen to that. So, uh, for those of you who uh, have not had a chance to listen to someone else speak, I got to talk about Cody Rhodes for a second. Mm. Just for a minute. <laughs> what are you going to say? No, I'm listening. I'm I said, yeah. Mm. yeah, Cody. What's he? What's going on? Because I tried. I honestly looked it up. I I personally couldn't find it, but I just probably looking. I did a so quick the search. only the only thing, and I'm gonna get your opinion on this too. But let me give you the lay of the land first. Gotcha. Before yeah, I, sure. well, I'm gonna set the stage for you, and then I want to get your thoughts on this because I think you've actually spoken on this before. Uh, I think you've spoken literally about this exact topic when it relates to me. But I'm gonna see how we related to Cody here. So. Cody Rhodes obviously is 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 a bit of a talker, right? When when motivated, he can cut one hell of a promo, right? Mm -hmm. He he's he's not the greatest promo in the world, but he's he's pretty good. He's he's right up there. Right. So he somehow managed to go from a program feud with what his head trainer to his school, QT Marshall. And it is Marshall. I don't know why the commentators keep calling him Marshall. But that's what it is. Um, he was at a feud with QT. Somehow that has shifted to his top student, uh, Anthony Agogo. He's brand new, brand new guy. Straight out of the Nightmare Family School. But here's the thing. Anthony Agogo is no scrub. He's no newbie 
when it comes to athletics and to combat. Right. So for the people, let's start with that. For the people who are like, well, what's Cody even doing in a match with an Anthony Ogogo at double or nothing? Well, Anthony Ogogo is an accomplished boxer. He, I mean, accomplished in the sense of, like, Olympian. He was the bronze medalist in London in 2012. Right. Uh, before that, uh, 10-time uh, boxing champion in the U.K., 10-time. Uh, so that means he won it and defended it and then defended it and then defended it and then defended it. He was just giving hands to everybody for several years. Right, okay? right. Now, man, he managed to do all this with a damaged left eye. He's predominantly blonde, blonde, predominantly <laughs> blind in his left eye and right. still managed to hand out devilish ass kickings along the way, right? This guy is the real deal. Uh, he's a tough fucking guy. He's right. also biracial. Okay? He's of African American descent along with some other shit mixed in there. He he's he's like one of he's one of our peoples. Okay? One of us. You know, one of us. Yeah. He's a tough son of a bitch. Okay. Here's the key part in this entire story. He was born in the UK. He's a Londoner. He's from England. Okay. So he has an accent. So he has a bit of an accent. Uh, from the little bit that I have seen him speak, perhaps it might even be thicker than what I've heard. But the accent's not really the problem. Of all the things that I just told you about Anthony Agogo, for whatever reason, Cody was fixated on the idea that he's just not from here. Okay? Yes, it's the UK. But he's not an American. Not by birth, anyway. I think he has citizenship here. But he's not by birth. So for whatever reason... The students jump Cody Rhodes, and then for zero reason at all, Ogogo covers Cody in the British flag, the Union Jack. Covers him. Old school wrestling trope. Foreigner beats up the American hero, covers him in the flag. So right. this was our first issue as wrestling fans because the question became, I was not aware that we were at fucking war with the British. Right. I don't know where the flag came from. Up until that moment, he had never walked around with the flag. Up until that moment, I wasn't even aware he was from fucking England. Oh, okay. Well, he dropped, when, he, good start. when he dropped the flag, I was wondering why the fuck he even had it. And then they explained right. as... Where did he get that from? Yeah, as he's putting the flag down, the announcers are like, he's dropping the flag over Cody that represents his home country. And I'm like, oh, he's British. All right, so in the moment, we're starting to make a little sense, I guess. Right. He, it wasn't like he was Jamaican putting a Union flag over somebody. Okay, all right, we're following some logic here. Cool. So he covers Cody with the flag. The next week, Cody decided he was going to come out here and give us the old good old USA promo, right? I'm a fucking American. Right. I like my steak, medium well, and I love my ladies thick. In my beer cold. You know, he's just going through all the bullshit. And everyone's wondering, why? Why are we here all right. of a sudden with this pro-American bullshit? Now, I know you're the son of the American dream, but you've been the American nightmare for several years now. And you've never done anything with American. But right. now we've got a guy from the UK. I guess it fits the narrative. Whatever. Just feel shoehorned. So I'm just giving you the press. I'm just giving you the content as far as where people's minds are, but the controversial statement didn't come with that promo. As weird as it was, if you listen to that promo, that promo makes absolutely no sense. 
Right. Uh, he he was just all over the map. I'm having a biracial daughter because his wife is black, and they're having it in Atlanta, which used to be. We segregated. are extra pandering, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're having the baby in Atlanta, which used to be segregated back in the day. Like, <laughs> like this wasn't well known knowledge. You should have said hot later. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine with a backwards cap and chains. Or oh, dude, he would if he went all the way in. Yeah. I would have loved it. So he, he's doing this crazy, and the promo was subjective. Every promo is subjective. You like it, don't like it, it's up to you, whatever. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk, the controversy with him came after that promo. He did an interview with another podcast where they asked him, because <laughs> it was an odd promo. You know, good or bad, it was odd. Oddly placed, oddly fueled and motivated. It was just weird. It was so AEW. Yeah. So they asked him about the promo. They were like, well, what kind of specifics were you trying to get at? Or they were just asking promo questions about the promo. He used two words that blew everyone's fucking mind. Okay. He used the words focus group. And everyone went, what? And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I've I, all of my promos. I always try to take great care of my promos and I always run them through the right people. We have a focus group. Here at AEW, where I ran that promo through them, they took it apart piece by piece. We brought in more stuff that was needed, or took out stuff that basically just they did surgery on this promo, and this was the best they had. And I believe them to a degree because that shit was so all over the place. It sounds like five people wrote it. It sounds like five people's ideas yeah. was a part of this, yeah. and they were all willing that promo to listen. Was Frank, yeah, that promo was Frank. It sounded Stein. like someone worked together as a team for this. Yeah, normally creative differences would stop a team from putting it together. They just put all mm. of their pieces together. No, no, no. They were fair. Everyone <laughs> listened. They actually even took five words minimum from each person's presentation. Everyone got a piece. added it to it just so that it would you know everyone could say that they helped so, write it. Yeah. So he used the word focus group and they got everybody in an uproar they're like what the fuck a focus group so is this kind of like doing? how rappers have ghostwriters something like to that degree that? yes they, actually. they like kind of took validation from anything he's ever done right they were taking shots at all the other promos now they were starting to pull back the veil they were like wait a second are people writing your promos for you are you reading a script i thought AEW was supposed to be the land of creativity what are we talking about he yeah, started to creativity, i.e., a room full of creative people <laughs> all have jobs now because of AEW. What I know. Part aren't you guys getting? Well, here? the reason why they're confused is because when AEW started, a lot of the things that they used to say, Cody, the Bucks, there's no writers here. We're not doing a writing staff like WWE. You know, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to let our wrestlers be creative and do their own thing. And now he's talking about focus groups. So everybody was like, hold up. Wait a goddamn second. Wait a minute. Right. What right, is right. all this? So before, all right, so the controversy, let me finish off with the controversy. So the controversy is the focus group deal. Is he getting all this stuff prepared for him or not? Because he said focus group. So everyone has a visual of a bunch. You just said it yourself. A bunch of writers in a room. Going over this stuff, picking it apart, trying to get the best version of whatever it is they're trying to do. He said that verbatim. He said it verbatim. He said focus group, right? Yes. Well, it wasn't but, I don't know, a few days that he let it marinate in the air before he addressed it again and basically called himself an idiot and went, ah, that's not what I meant. Oh, that, oh, not, 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 okay, see, all right. That's <laughs> not, no. 
Okay, what what else did he say? Because this is starting to make sense. Go ahead. He goes, that's kind of that. I, he goes, I understand the confusion. I said focus group. He literally said that was a poor choice of words. What I meant was mm-hmm. is that, yes, I do. Yes, I do uh, go through my promos meticulously. I do go over them in my head a lot. I write a lot of stuff down. What he meant by focus group. The focus group in his head. No, the focus group that he's referring to is that whenever he puts a promo together, just like everybody else does, he takes the promos to the vets, Mm -hmm. some of the other established talent, like Mm -hmm. an Arn Anderson, people who have been doing this for a while, and he goes, what do you think? Do you think this hits the mark? Do you think I should change this? Do you think I should change that? He gets feedback from his peers. It's Mm. not an actual group that they're paying <laughs> mm-hmm. money to be like, oh, yeah, this promo is fantastic, or you should do this. So he was like, I, I misspoke. I, I meant focus group in the sense of, like, I have these veterans that sit down kind of like a focus group, but they sit down. I and don't know if that's worse <laughs> because it's like, it's like, yo, yeah, I can believe a focus group came up with some trash, but now you're blaming veterans for the dumpster <laughs> that is coming out of your mouth. And I don't really think that's a good idea. That's disrespectful to their legacies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he didn't name drop anybody in this focus group. He's so my, my question to you is this, because it's not so much the promo itself. I don't give a shit about the promo. Every promo is subjective. It is what it is. You either liked it or you didn't like it. Uh, my That's question true. to you is this. In a in a situation like AEW or WWE where it's high pressure, it's a high level of performance, you're on television, the world is watching, should there be a team of people sitting around saying this is what he should say, this is what he should do? Or do you still believe in the old formula of let these guys speak from the heart, come off the top of the head, and and divulge more into their own characters. I mean, the WWE does that. They do the they writing write, part. They do the writing part. Yeah, right. exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think if there is a group in there helping these guys with these promos, imagine if there wasn't. Oof. Right? Like, <laughs> they're not good with, with constructive criticism, let alone <laughs> – off the top of the melon. Like, if if this is premeditated promo, like, what is something straight off the top going to do? So maybe they need something. I don't know. I really don't. I've never been a person who cared too much if there are creatives helping a creative. Uh, Anyone who's anybody who does, has done anything, knows that you get better results when you don't have to do everything yourself. So, I mean, we're talking big business business here. We're not talking everyone being their own individuals. So right, to have a creative right. team and help build a brand that has, you know, that has these things uh, of these people that do right. I don't see that being an issue. The problem is that it's just not good. <laughs> like so, and it it begs the question. It, it begs the question. Like, okay, if they didn't have one, right? What kind of product are we looking at here? Right. So, I don't know. Dude. It's so funny because I've been killed in the past because me, myself, personally, as a promo guy, I don't like anything written. I don't like anything in front of me. Give me your points. I'll make it happen. Right? That's kind of my mentality when I cut promos. Right, but there's a reason why you do that. Uh, we've talked about it on here before. When you say you have to try to memorize and deliver, yeah. uh, it's not that you physically can't do it, but it sounds better if it uh, they allow you to be more organic with it. Right. So it's not like you can't do it. You can, and you can probably do the best you've ever done 
you know, tried the best you've ever done to do that promo, but it still would not come out as nice as if you just went off the top of your head. So it's not necessarily, that's not necessarily a creative thing in my mind. I, that's more of a, a being comfortable or understanding how you deliver things and trying to be more organic and look more natural in front of the computer, in front of the computer. Oh my God. In front of the <laughs> camera. And then like, well, some of them are in front of the, the product is better, but right. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Well, I was I, I was actually getting to that. I said I, w- I was prepping it by saying I said for me I don't like things written. I, I don't like it in front of me. Having said that, I'm a big proponent of the writers. Right. I actually okay. do yep. like them yep. 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 because yep. not that everybody not everybody can do that. Right? right. Like I I yes I'm very comfortable in front of a camera. Yes I I can sit there and just do whatever I got to do. But I as a person who has helped put together promos for other people, I understand. Right that sometimes they just need it in front of them. Like, right. just give me something tangible to just be like, this is the way you want me to go. Yeah. Uh, the best example ever on the high level, AJ Styles has become a completely different person with the scripts. He, he has excelled with the right. scripts. You know, he's really good at memorizing that stuff and doing it with conviction. It, it does it to the point where it sounds natural for him. Right. And that's what WWE He's been loves. great. He's, been, He's great. been fantastic. Listen to his TNA promos. They're garbage. You'd want to kill yourself when you listen to him talking TNA. If right. not yourself, the nearest living thing to you. It was a horrible experience to listen to him do promos in TNA. <laughs> Ring of Honor, it, they didn't really let him talk much because of that. It was really in WWE when you really think about it where his promos got really comfortable, but that's because he got comfortable with the material. Yeah, just give them a direction. Like, you may not be able to create the puzzle, but you might be really good at solving it. Yeah. So if you give them a direction, you know what I mean? He's like, oh, okay, I can get us there. And then you just, just go do it. But I think he, their their whole path in there is getting written, which might be, you know, which which comments on what we what I was saying before. If, if you have – I don't have a problem with there be a room full of creatives. Yeah. But, I mean – that just applies more pressure. If you got a room full of people who are literally getting paid to make things make sense, then what the fuck are they doing? If you get promos like this, but what do you, it's just so confusing. What do you say to the Chris to bleh, what do you say to the criticism that that's one of AEW's worst points and helps in the negativity spread on AEW that they don't have any talkers. The veterans. Yes. The people who have been there, right? So you got Moxley and Jericho and now that they got a guy like Christian Cage, so Christian Cage can talk, and you know you have a few veterans in there that can do it, like even 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 you know Christopher Daniels, right? Frankie Kazarian, these guys can talk. There's a lot of talent that they have in AEW that can't say a fucking thing on that microphone of any fucking value. I think it hurts those characters. I think it it hurts the relatability. People can't get into you. Yeah, you're an athlete. I get it. So is everybody else on the roster. Can you talk me into what you're doing? If you can't, I don't really care. Yeah, but it's always it's also like uh you have it does at the end of the day it really doesn't matter. Like you could be a great talker and just be terrible in the ring. Oh, of course. Both directions. So at the end of the day, to make a great product, you need both regardless. So for someone for someone the, the formula in my opinion should be go get a freak of nature. We can't teach you how to be a freak. You can't do that. Like, I can train you how to take a bump, how to hit the rope, stuff like that. Fine. But if you're awkward, you're awkward. If you're a fucking animal, you're an animal. So go get animals and let's teach animals how to talk. Bobby Lashley. Exactly. And then when you can't, we give you a mouthpiece. 
MVP. So what that I don't know. I think just WWE has much more experience and they've gone through their trials and their tribulations and they're trying to get better at what they're doing. And the, it, the pro, I think the issue with AEW man is just just too fresh and they're all trying to like re redo a formula that's already being done while trying to say that they're not doing that and then being caught that they are doing that and having to rebuttal it and it's the right way to go but they they're all speaking at a turn promoting different weird things when your actual product you're adding more shows when your product that you have now is fucking garbage you go to pay-per-views and you only see half of it on the screen and then the other half live and Oh god damn it dude <laughs> these guys these guys are driving me nuts cuz I want to enjoy it so bad and it's just every single time I watch it I just like dude why am I watching this man why am I watching John Moxley fight a jobber on like a random ass dynamite like, why is he doing that <laughs> why what are, are they paying him to for John Moxley to say yes to that is what the I, idea they're probably going with is that this young guy will get more experience learning from a guy like John Moxley. And that's what I see too. Yeah. And then when I see it, I go, this is fucking gross. Yeah, because they're not, they don't think in their heads, yes, this would be great for the young guy, but this is diminishing your top guy. Why is he wasting his fucking it, time? No, it ain't diminishing the top guy because the top guys aren't fucking idiots. They go in there and they l- deliberately act. They tell the story in the ring that the person they're going up against is a joke. And that doesn't do anything for the guy <laughs> trying to actually build a character. You are essentially turning yourself into a jobber when you do that. And I know that that's not the intention. We're not saying, hey, go out there, bump for this guy, make him look good. No, it's, hey, let's give this guy some experience. Hey, John, you want to work with him? We'll give you a shit ton of money to do it. Okay. And then he goes out there and he's like holding him by the forehead while the guy windmills his arms trying to hit him. It's just like, what are we, what are we doing here? What, what is the, what Can is you the imagine, purpose do you, of this? Do you think that young guy walks up to John Moxley and goes, hey, uh, I got a few ideas for tonight. Yeah. Okay. So this is how I was looking. This match would go. Yeah. Dude, if I was John and like, if you don't get the fuck out of my, I'm, we're going to the ring. I'm going to snuff you. And I'm going to pin you, and I might spit, piss, or shit on you. In that order. <laughs> sell it. And I need you to yeah. sell it. And if you don't, when we get back here, I'm fucking you up. Yeah. I told, I told, I told Sam, I said, the first thing we're going to do if we ever get in the ring with Moxley, well, as soon as we get in the locker room, I was like, hey, kid, how do you feel about beating me on the second Dirty Deeds? <laughs> I'm like, going to kick out of your first DDT. You know, for a fallsy, pop the crowd. I had, I, I had a couple energy drinks. I'm feeling like I want to kick out of a finisher. Today. Yeah. Cool uh, how about a WrestleMania quality matchup here? We're going to go all out tonight, baby. We eat the steak tonight. Are you willing to cut? Yeah, word. You want to get a little color, Jared? Yeah, huh? <laughs> I heard we was working tonight. We're like, so I got this gimmick yeah. where my forearm's really strong, <laughs> yes. so I'm going to hit you in the forehead with oh, my forearm, how... and I want you a nice, clean cut, man. That's I actually, want... you just oh, hit it on the head. That's usually how, whenever someone has a stupid idea, but they want to sell it to somebody, that's the first thing they go, yeah, I got this gimmick where, oh, you're trying to sneak some shit in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me more about this gimmick you thought of on gimmick. the way to the show. I got this gimmick, too. It's a surprise. That's a surprise. <laughs> It's a surprise. I sometimes I surprise myself with it. I don't know it's gonna come out. It's gonna be dope. Yeah, uh, I see, don't know. Got... I, I don't want to write AEW off right yeah. away. I, it's, I think it's I think it's unfair. 
they are trying to do things. I think they're just trying to do so many different things. Like when you sent that link on the Facebook saying, you know, showing that these guys are trying to, Oh, you know, we're adding more days and we want more shows and more. I'm just, I just want to like call the guys like, dude, I appreciate the hustle out there, but you are putting way too much pressure on a, on a roster that cannot carry that weight. I have I mean, been saying how many it, how yeah. many years do you think you're gonna get out of Jericho and stuff like that? I, I've been saying for a while now it's not the players, it's the coaching. It's they, the coaching. They, it's they the don't management they, is... they don't know where to put their guys on any given night to be in a position of strength. It's just a guy with infinite money who has these chess pieces and he's just trying to create something and who knows he might fail 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 until you hit something big so i'm not trying to give up on him already but somebody's got to tap this guy on the shoulder and say hey kid you got a great idea and you got some talent you got to start refining some of this stuff before you expand he needs a committee i i I know that he feels that he has one but the people who are on his current committee are also the players Right. And of that's course. Again. Of yeah. course, they're gonna give you the best ideas when it comes to their shit. Right. You know you what? Fire. Some, yeah. If I held the belt for a decade. Yeah. For a decade. Think of the money. Yeah. Think of all the possibilities. You know, you put the belt on Kenny Omega, and immediately Kenny Omega is fighting Orange Cassidy. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Of course it does. It's totally- Orange Cassidy is a god. <laughs> <laughs> or frankly, AEW is holding them back. That guy would excel in WWE <laughs> with that gimmick, dude. That I can oh. I can see it now. WrestleMania, Roman Reigns versus Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. Yes, Battle oh of the Superman God, punches. I'm buying ten tickets. I'm <laughs> handing them out. Everyone's lucky day. I thought you were gonna say I'm gonna buy ten tickets and I'm gonna go by myself. I bought those tickets for social distancing purposes. I don't want anybody (laughs) near me while I enjoy this good found goodness. Battle Um, of the Superman punches. I also wanted to touch real quick before we move on to our main event conversation here that a buddy of mine mentioned on social media. He put out a status that said that uh, I don't care how many years you've been in the business if if you don't have promo skills, you've been wasting your time. And I and I somebody had mentioned in the comments, well, shouldn't they be learning these things in wrestling school, folks? Let me be the first to burst this bubble for you. A lot of these wrestling schools are not going to teach you that. And it's so funny because that's one of the most essential skills. And a lot of these wrestling schools do not teach promos. You know why they don't teach promos? Because they don't know how to do promos. A lot of the people who run wrestling schools never had promo skills, so they can't teach it. A lot of wrestling schools, 90% of wrestling schools that exist in this world right now are basically crunch fitness facilities. They're going to get you into shape. They're going to drill you to death. Right? They're going to get your cardio going, teach you how to bump, teach you how to be safe. They will not teach you the essentials that you need to succeed in your career in wrestling. They won't. They're going to teach you how to become wrestlers. They're not going to teach you how to become successful ones. No person I have ever encountered in my entire career, and folks, I've encountered almost all of them, including today when I spoke to my best friend Steve Austin uh, (laughs) on Twitter. (laughs) When you shared a beer. That's the story. We shared a virtual beer together. No, 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 no. You don't oversell, you don't overgive information. You shared a beer with (laughs) Stone 
<laughs> That's it. Well, you know. No individual has ever been trained by one in, by one person and learned everything they need to know. None. It's never happened. And the reason for that is because no one person gives you everything you need. Right. I'm not saying that there's a person that can do that. What I'm saying is, is that if you're looking for the school to give you the tools you need, you're gonna that's gonna you're gonna be in for a long run here because it's gonna be a pain in the ass. These schools don't do it. There's no set curriculum. There's no real organization to a lot of these schools. There's some great ones out there. I'll start off with the Monster Factory off the top of my head right now. They're right. fantastic. They have actual classes where you got to come in. Like sit down. You have to study. Yes, classes. You got to It's one day on this. That's actually really smart. There's a lot of mental aside from the physical. Absolutely. When it comes to shit, man. Absolutely. Muscle memory, it's... understanding something. They t- there's mentally. a class at Monster Factory. On how to study wrestling tapes. Are we getting paid by these people? Fuck these people. Fuck Monster Factory. (laughs) (laughs) They have a class on how to study wrestling tape. And and I love it because I don't understand when people people tell me all the time, or you you've probably seen it, where they'll post a link on YouTube and they're like, Yeah, I'm gonna study some Bret Hart matches tonight. No, you're not. You're gonna watch some Bret Hart matches tonight. You're not studying anything. Right. I've made the joke on, well, it's not really a joke, but if you think about it, I was trying to be funny, is if you got a 30-minute wrestling match in front of me, that should take you at least six hours to watch. You you shouldn't be watching a 30-minute match in 30 well, minutes. Well, the, also study. the problem with that is is that you got to understand what you're looking at. Yeah. Right? Like, in order to see the greatness in a match, right, like a random Monday Night Raw against someone completely random, no big name, just an average middle-class match and you look at it and you go wow that's why that guy is great well you like you said it could take a few hours to literally pick apart his mannerisms where he is why his hips are turned a certain yep. way his feet are pointed that way like yeah. if you don't understand to see that then you could watch it a thousand times you'll yeah, never fucking understand that's it. why when people are sitting at home by themselves and they're like oh i'm gonna study that you're not studying anything right you're, you're, you're just watching the match it's fine it, it, you could still do that People, wrong with it. people can watch matches and pick things up, but don't tell me you're studying that because that's not the same thing. Right. There's different ways to go about that. I, I myself have been taken to school quite a few times because I didn't know what I was looking at. Here I am. I've been watching wrestling my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, I know what happens. Until I watch a match and then my trainer goes, well, what did you see here? Oh, shit. I don't even think I was looking there. Aha. Yeah. Okay, so now, okay, we go back. I remember, Jesus, I forgot what day, how long ago this was. I think it was 2012. We spent 30 minutes, no lie, on a hip toss. He just kept playing it over and over and over. Why was his hand here? Why was his hand there? Why did they bump here? Did he right. move him away from here? How close to the ropes was he? This is all, uh, this is, you know how they say uh, ring awareness. They use it a lot on TV when they do commentary. What great ring awareness. That's what that means. Right. It's not just moving him. It's where he's landing. Where is he going to be next? How close to the ropes is he? How far away right. can we be? Ha- how you to have make to it look as natural yeah. as possible as because possible. you can see it in the ring, even in the highest level at WWE where someone does a hip toss and they have to adjust themselves because yeah. they're not in the proper place. And it completely murders the immersion of like the whole fight, you know, when they have to stutter step, when they run out off the ropes and they have to stutter because they see that the person in front of them isn't in the right spot. And if you continue, it's going to look worse. Like Mm -hmm. these type of things 
is is what you're referring what, to. Yeah, this is what the training's about. It's getting that repetition in and getting that muscle memory. And I always make the joke, the Chris Daniels headbutt. Well, not headbutt, excuse me. Well, it is a headbutt technically, but it's more of a jaw jacker. I yeah. always use that as my perfect example. I always tell people, when shit goes off the rails, Daniels hits you with the jawbreaker, we start all over again. Reset. Reset. You guys are all over the fucking place. I don't like it. This looks doo-doo. Here's a jawbreaker for your ass. Let's stop. Right, and right, start right. all over again and get, get on the same fucking page and get that rhythm going again. Like, that's a veteran right there. Like, that's the kind of habits you need to pick up. I've been telling my guys the same thing because my guys are fantastic wrestlers. They can wrestle. The problem is, is they haven't been doing this long enough to pick up on the nuances just yet. Right. They think they do. And when they right. hear this, they're probably going to call me and go, you motherfucker, I know what I'm doing. Uh, wait a minute now. I didn't say you didn't know what you were doing, but there's little nuances, little things that sometimes people have to pick up on. There's a difference between understanding something and perfecting it. Yeah. So, and time is where you're going to perfect it. And that's the only time you're going to no, perfect and you it. you got to keep doing time. it over and over. And it's the same thing with the promos. So a lot of guys, to bring it back to what we started talking about, a lot of guys don't teach it because a lot of guys don't know. So here's a question I want to ask you then. Okay. Do you think they need to? Yes, absolutely. I don't think so. I think they absolutely do. And if they don't, if they're not I don't doing think it, they, do. they don't need to do what? Teach promos. They do not need to have promo like they could have a they could have uh, a broad like maybe some 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 informational type stuff to make you understand those things you may or may not know about a promo sure like but i don't think it's mandatory i don't think when i go oh these guys are bad promos like what school do they go to i don't think that that's what that should be i don't think the school is for that there's a lot that the school has to teach you i think when it comes me personally when it comes to promo i can tell the difference between somebody who's natural in a manner where they have the charisma and they flow well versus somebody who's trying really hard. And it may look good, but it tries really, really hard. But I don't know, man. I, I don't think that's on the school to teach that, so to speak. I think that's something that should be more natural, if that makes sense. I, I disagree. And the only reason why I really disagree is because you can't really tell who's natural or not until they do it. There's a lot... I, when I say teach promos, it's not necessarily read these lines, uh, get this character over. It's comfortability. Let's get in the room. Let's turn the camera on. Let's say some shit. Fuck it. You need your people used to being on fucking camera. Regardless of how talented in the ring you are, trust me when I say this. The people who can talk will be booked first. Every right. time. Every time. Doesn't matter how great of an athlete you are. Women and children off the boat first, and men, same thing in wrestling. Promo guys get hired first, and then the athletes will come in based on whatever criteria. Da, 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 da. Anybody who can talk will get booked. I took a break from wrestling to follow my school stuff. I took a well, – when was the last time I managed to go? What was that, 2000? I was out for like two or three years. It was a while. It was a while. It was a while. And then I just decided I'm coming back. And now my fucking booking sheet is full. You know why? I can talk. There are a lot of guys get, who can talk get booked first. And like you said. So did you go to school? No, I didn't. I didn't okay. go to school. I so still you're got talk. No, I'm not. Because there are people who uh, are natural and there are people who are not. 
And it's the repetition that we find that out. When I started my career in 2010, there were a lot of guys that I went to the school with that I would never in a million years look at them and go, wow, I can't wait to hear his promo. I went to school with a lot of people who couldn't talk at all. Well, the only way to really get that experience is to expose these guys because sitting in a room with a camera on you is that's not go not broadcasting anywhere is completely different than having actual real eyeballs. But you would be surprised how many people clam up to the camera in the just the room. I understand that, but at the same time, we have that, and that's NXT, and it's fucking trash. It's not the same thing. I don't know. They have yes, okay. The performance center has promo classes and stuff like that. But they're a higher level. Like, once you're through their promo classes, they start putting you on TV. A regular, average, run-of-the-mill wrestling school. And it's still, and none of those, who in there could you say, yeah, they really benefited from those classes? Those NXT. Who's giving you promos that's rocking your fucking socks off right now? Promos from some of the stars? that's what we're referring to, promos. Yeah, not a whole lot of them. All right, so this is proving to you that this shit doesn't work. No, that's not proving to me at all because a lot of the people, you're talking about people who have been in the indies for 10 plus years and never had to worry about it. And then they get into the performance it, it center. It doesn't matter if you haven't had to worry about it for 10 years. We're talking about people who have actively went to a promo class, right. getting experience in which you're saying that it would be useful, and then being deemed, hey, okay, they have the basics. Let's start getting them experience no, see, in this, which they go no, on no, TV no. and look like idiots. Uh, okay, again, the years matters because when you spend 10 years not worrying about something and building a skill set away from it, all of a sudden... That's not true. When they go, well, all of a sudden, someone's going to go, okay, let's do the class now. And it's too late then because your habits are different. If you take someone off the street and you say, promos are a part of the game. So as long as we're taking bumps, we're also doing promos. It becomes natural to them. You can't take someone who's been doing one thing one way for Mm -hmm. a decade and then give them, I don't know, what, four or five classes and then go, here, rock my world on the USA Network. Not going to work. It's too late for that. Johnny Gargano has been doing this, and he considers himself quite the promo guy, mind you. He's been doing this for like 15 years. Quite the wrestler, too, and and there's a lot of people I'm sure that disagree. (laughs) There are actually quite a few people who disagree with that, but that's the point. At least he has a level of comfort within himself as a performer. The actual performance is subjective, but he has a comfort level with that. And he they got that from the class. Not every TV. no, 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 no. Not all of these people, believe me, are fucking comfortable with what they're doing. Even in that group, Indy Hartwell right now is fucking pissing herself. No, every you episode. me. We have two different opinions when it comes to that. No, let me rephrase that. Not opinions, experiences. When it comes to that, I understand that it don't matter how fucking good you think you are when you're in front of a camera. It's hard. So if you can get to the point where you're on TV when you know there's eyeballs looking at you and actually say words and speak them, you have some level of comfort. It is impossible to do that, to be able to shoot a promo, whether it's absolute doo-doo or good. You have to have some level of comfortability when it comes to actively doing it. So again, I think it goes back to what I was saying is somewhere, somehow, you have a natural talent for because it's being shown that going to school and then being put on TV 
just it just doesn't work. So it, you just it's just got to be some naturalness to it, and there's got to be trial and error, and it's got to be hey, you know what you should have done this. Oh, okay, I'll try it next time, and then you become a god. You become the rocks and all these people that you hold high. No, not even that. That's how it works. I think man. the rock. I think the rock was cutting promos straight out of the fucking womb. And listen, man. That's it not what that's, it is. That's not a fair comparison. That's a whole nother conversation. You say <laughs> you say someone's been in the business 15, 20 years and now they have to learn to do promos. Well, guess what? You grew up as a kid at like five, six, or seven watching wrestling, probably talking to yourself, shooting doo-doo promos until you were like 15 or 16 or whenever you decide to try to take it seriously and you learn. It's relative. It's relative. You don't know at a younger age how to do anything either. You develop that by become, being a natural and just having conversations with people and adjusting and getting better. Well, to that point, even if you don't think it would change any of that. But even if you don't think that it would help, how does it harm? It 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 does nothing to the and that's the main point, right? To the point where yeah, it may not do harm, but it's not doing you any benefit. So I why why should the schools provide it? That's the why point. not? It's a school. Provide because everything it, you can. Give them every ch- give them every chance you can to succeed. Why why open up a school and go? Ah, that part of it's not really that important. We'll just skip it over. It's like it's like because a, it's effort versus payoff. What do you mean? Whose effort and whose payoff? You talking about our the school's effort? The school's towards... effort and how much people are willing to pay for it. So the school shouldn't effort versus towards it? payoff, huh? So the school shouldn't effort towards it. Not if it's not worth it. Not worth it to whom? You don't know if it's worth it or not. You're well, we guessing. You're assuming that because it didn't no, work I'm for not. some people, that it's just a useless tool. Give me a guy who we know went to school and became an awesome promo today. One guy. Nobody does it in the schools. We just talked about that. But the only example we just we said have NXT is, and stuff. Is okay, new. but again, NXT's not. Fair. It's a performance center for a higher level. I'm talking. But they're off the, the only example that we have. That's the Maybe. problem. Okay, okay, but we need lower some... level versions of that. I understand that, but give me someone out of NXT that has proven that this does work. That the that the promo classes work. Yes. I can't give that to you. Okay, because I don't and now know what someone their at the lower is. level who doesn't have the extra funds to provide extra evits that um. Efforts you that don't need pay extra out dividends. Funds. That's my point. Why do you keep preferring to all of this as because extra? it takes people, which is time and effort, to produce this level of class? It doesn't need to, no. It does not. It does it not does, take man. anything extra. We used to do the promo shit at the fucking Ludus, and it was a closet. And that's what I've you taught this on your own. I've taught this fucking class in two different companies. It does not take anything extra. There's no extra funds. There's no extra time. There's no extra equipment. There's nothing coming out of pocket. It's just an extra step in the training process. That's it. And it doesn't even okay. need to be for everybody. If you're not yeah. interested in promo class, don't take the fucking promo class. Good luck then with the rest of your career. Then if it's so rare that people who are good at It's almost promos, impossible to find. That's why I'm like, this is what okay. so sucks about that, it. That, to me, sounds like something worth tapping into. Like, if I'm a businessman exactly. and I'm good. Why do you think I'm talking I, about it? Because I'm interested. 
Okay, but dude, you can't, but you cannot sit there and tell me that you believe that some of these people don't believe that it's worth doing when there are tons of people who are qualified to teach these classes in masses and make tons of money and are not doing it. But that's my point at the start of all this. They're not qualified to do it. Didn't you hear the beginning? I'm talking I said of, no, no, no. I'm talking about the it. ones who could do it. People who we would deem to be great promos do not have promo schools. Well, people who we deem as great promos don't do anything training-wise. Who? Name a fucking wrestling school with a guy who had who was a great fucking promo. Most of the schools that are, not even most, I actually can't think of one, with the exception of Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. who has his school uh, in his hometown, right, in Davenport. Mm-hmm. Uh... I'm actually trying to genuinely think of trainers who even had promo skills who own a school. I can't think of fucking any. Right. Because Guys, they're too busy making more money. Exactly. Being the people who end up doing the schools are the people who are great technicians, great workers who can teach you all the fundamentals physically. They have no idea how to even begin to broach promos because they don't know how to do them. Oh, okay. Well, that you're. I know you don't think you are but you're indirectly like proving my point to this if it, i don't care who you are where you are what era you live in what age you in, you are in there are business people there is somebody who cuts a good promo who also understands business or has someone around them who understands business if this type of training was profitable there would be schools out there for it. My point is, is that it's not because no matter how much you train somebody to be a good promo, it has to be a natural thing. It, and that's my main point. There would exist if it was worth it, is my point. I, I And I still, at the end of it, disagree because I and think I the only reason why... Cause I <laughs> You're think, wrong, but I respect because you. Because <laughs> I really feel like... Because I really feel like the only... It, I don't think people aren't doing it because it isn't profitable. I think they aren't doing it because they can't fucking do it. If they could do it, it would be profitable. If you're telling me some kid off the street, he's been a WWE uh, fan his entire life, he right. wants to go to a training school to become a professional wrestler. So I right. want to learn... How to be a wrestler. I want to learn the best that I can. If I offered this kid a program where you can come in Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and we will train you three days out of the week for a set price, right, to come in and train with our trainers, our our team of trainers. We're going to teach you everything you need to know, bumps, rolls, safety technique, everything that a basic wrestling school will offer you. And for no extra charge at all. Tuesdays and Thursdays for one or two hours for those two days, we're offering promo classes for you to come in and sit and watch some of the promos, partake, pick the brains of some of the trailer, the trainers to see where you can lead on these promos or even help you with some sort of character development, whatever the case may be. You're trying to tell me that if I added that to the program, that we're not more enticing than the regular average run-of-the-mill school who's just going to teach you how to do roles all day? Yeah, stop be- stop it, no no, no because this is the more. problem you're talking about offering it for free who the fuck is doing that everyone i just told you i've done it for well, two different companies and schools no extra charge it's an extra day we already have the fucking equipment in the building there's no extra what are you spending extra money on there's all that shit's already in the school. And how's that working out for those companies? It's fantastic, actually, because they're making more money than they fucking should. I wish I hadn't have done it. 
because I'm the only one that can do it for them, apparently. Because the people that fucking replaced me can't. And all of a sudden, everything ran hell. As soon as I stopped doing it, I got emails out the wazoo from people stating that everything went downhill when I left because I set them up perfectly and they fucked it up. Well, you because the people they replaced fun. me with should have stopped doing that shit for free. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe at the end of the whole day, that's probably what it was because the person, because go. the person, because I was doing it to help the students. Yeah, well, I took time so, out of my schedule. I was leaving my house uh-huh. for no pay. To right. go to their facilities to help them with this skill set. So what made By you the stop? way, those guys, are what made me stop was the company itself. That was a personal thing. Oh, okay. They had nothing really to do with the actual wrestling part, and the students were really cool. You know, some of those students, I don't want to drop their names because I don't want them to get heat based on association, but they know who they are. There's right. a lot of people in the New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut area that benefited very much. Actually, now that I think about it, I did it for a third fucking school, the one in Connecticut. So I've done this a few times. There's no extra cost to any of it at all. all. Right. It's just a matter of taking the time to do start, uh, Let's start this business. Let's patent it right all now. The, it's, already, it's already in the works, my friend. Oh, okay. Already in the works. That's why I brought it up in the first place because I thought it was a great avenue to go down. Because even if you're not – if you already spend the money on the school itself, if you've got the ring, you've got the space – Every wrestling school already has access to cameras and stuff like that because you're filming for commercial purposes anyway. Everything you need is in the space. You're not doing anything extra. The only thing extra is the commitment to time. And that's why I said earlier, I don't, you don't have to take the promo class. You want to do this shit on your own? Because let's face it, there's a lot of people who, like you said earlier, are natural. They'll figure it out. Maybe they don't want to spend an extra Tuesday or whatever. But for those people out there who have it in them, but they just haven't had the reps. Right. It'd be nice to get in front of the camera and get critiqued. Maybe, like you said, bring a few friends or somebody in to be like an audience type deal and set up scenarios for them. Get you, give get them you uncomfortable to get comfortable. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about here. That shit. Don't tell me that shit wouldn't be profitable. If I had a company that did all of the above and the company next to me offered nothing but rolls and bumps, which is what all schools offer, and we had the same fucking price, I'm filling the fuck up. Everyone's coming to my fucking school. No doubt about it. I have no doubt in my mind. Will it help them? Is it a guarantee that if I teach you how to do promos, you'll be the next Ric Flair? No. Because like you said, there is a level of naturalness that goes to that. But we can try to flesh this out. I, I was telling the story earlier. In 2012, I, not even 2000, I came in 2010, but around 2012, I started really taking this way more seriously. This is when I was doing the House of Glory stuff, and I'm traveling around. I'm doing PWA. I'm doing all these different things. I'm meeting all these different people. I, when, as I was really starting to get my feet up underneath me, uh, I was coming up with a lot of other people, obviously, who were trying to do the same thing. And they always came off to me as you know, shy, great personalities in the locker room, but you would never see that in the ring. They didn't want to mess up the spot, so they were kind of zoned in, you know, just get the choreography right. Okay, bump here, find myself here. They didn't really acknowledge the crowd they didn't really do a whole lot of, of interaction with them, and, 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 and there wasn't a whole lot of entertainment aspect. And then you get in front of the camera, and sometimes it would be even worse. I'll give you one guy in particular who was the absolute shits at promos, but he was so good in the ring. So good. Fluid. Water-like. Bruce Lee. Whoa, this guy was like on his shit. He could chain. He could brawl. He could fly. Right, this guy could do it all, but he his personality was the shits. He was so in real life, his demeanor's like that, where he's just like kind of to himself, introverted a little bit. And I used to have these conversations with him all the time. I'm like, bro, this is entertainment. This is show business. We gotta, 
we got to get something out of you, man. And we used to just kind of go back and forth. He would try things. We would try to see what worked, what didn't work. And, and eventually over time, again, it's the repetition. I used to film him with my phone in right. random man situations. Just cut a promo right now. This ice cream sucks. All right, give me 60 seconds on a shitty ice cream. Like, whatever. Just right. little by little by little by little. And eventually over time, he started to get more comfortable. Like you said, get uncomfortable to get comfortable type deal. Kept putting him in this position, kept putting him in this position, and now he's on AEW right now called Santana. He's a fantastic fucking promo, and everyone loves him. Right. But that's my point, the repetition. Give them a fucking opportunity. When you're a school, and fuck wrestling, when you're a school, your job is to put your students in the best possible chance they can be to succeed. I said it earlier. No one school can get it all down. You're going to have to get your skills from other places and adapt and learn. That's how you get Great, not good, but great, right? But give your fucking kids the best chance possible to fucking succeed. That's all I'm saying. It does not cost. That's that's an excuse that a lot of people use with different things, not just for promos, but like wrestling schools use the excuse of space or money or whatever the case to right. not be able to fund certain programs for their students. P- schools will tell you, hey, if you train here for six or eight months. We'll try to get you on the road and get some bookings and blah, 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 blah. And then they never fucking do. You know, they never call these promoters up and tell them about their students. They never put them on flyers. They use them to death. Right. They set up shows for no for no pay. They're traveling and driving the ring truck. These people get used. OK, put them in a position to fucking succeed. You want to do all that and pay your dues? Great. When you pay your dues, you're supposed to get something from those fucking dues. Right. I don't know how many students that I knew when I was a student or even after the fact who pay those dues, who are there every week, who are taking the bumps, who are doing the rolls, and it's the same repetitive shit over and over to death. And they, next thing you know, it's been two years, they've paid ten grand, and they know nothing. And it's fucking sad. Well, you can be the change of that. I will be the change of that, actually. I, I, my wife and I, listen, you know how my wife gets. Mm-hmm. My wife gets an idea in her head. God himself would have an issue stopping this bitch from doing something. I get it. And and once I once I broached the subject with her and she heard she skipped over wrestling. She just heard the word school. Right. And she went, "Oh, that's her shit." And she, she goes, loves, "That's she loves that's my wheelhouse." And that's where we and her we literally wrote down as a as a joke. We got drunk one night and we wrote down we we have this big whiteboard in my living room for her classes. We mm-hmm. wrote down I fucking love whiteboards. Can oh, I white sidebar? Yeah. Can I sidebar? Sure, Dude, absolutely. I fucking, I fucking love. I just want to say that I love whiteboards. <laughs> Racist, it, but all right. It's, it's literally changed my life. I'm not even fucking kidding. <laughs> you have one in your house? Dude, I got one up there with all my finances. And let me just say, I'm not going to put numbers out there, but my living expenses per month was absurd. Your wife, and I know specifically, your wife would fucking throw up if she saw the number that we paid per month just to be alive. And we have gotten (laughs) that bitch down over 50% in the past three months just because it's in front of us. And we're looking at it and actually working through it. The constant constant disappointment in that. Dude, I love me a fucking wife. Whiteboard, dude. Yeah, it was worked a few times for us. You've seen my whiteboard actually on the show when we did the live stuff, and I would throw mm-hmm. stuff on there. That's a nice one. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to elevate to that well, one. Well, she she got this from her classroom, and we just haven't brought it. Back. I know, I know. You got a cheat code. Bro. I'll get one. <laughs> but get we one. were writing on the board. We wrote a schedule, like a mock one. We just put dates Whoa. on, like a whole calendar thing. Bro, this we is like, how yo. shit like Microsoft starts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We were like, yo, we would do training this day. Boom, cardio. Boom, this day. 
uh, promo class this day. Boom, take a field trip, right? We would do. We were just thinking outside the box. Yo, let's buy a bunch of tickets for our students to go watch a show, and we'll sit together and we'll watch the show together and just pick it apart. And then we'll go back to school the next day when we go back to training, and we try to utilize those skills that we just saw and critiqued in our training. Here's what we're gonna we're gonna do it here now. Watch, boom, bang, 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 and and all that different stuff. We were planning out who would train, who would train what, who would do what. Uh, uh, we were, I you know Stephen James with the audio stuff, Joe Palmer with the video stuff. We were like bringing in all these names. I want my students to know everything. Here's how you edit. This is how you cut your matches up. You can make highlight videos for yourself. This is how you do it. This is how you promote yourself. Put yourself on the social media like this. Carry yourself like this. Here's the matches. Almost, Here's like, the almost like not training how to be a wrestler, but how to be an independent. Yes. An how independent to be wrestler. how, how to, to yeah how to be a business, yes. not, in, not how to be an entity, yes. not, a, not a wrestler. Listen, folks, I say it all. Yo, the we time. might we might need to cut this. We gotta cut this out. This might be. <laughs> <laughs> We shouldn't the, put this out there, this dude. Is this for the is actually kind of fire. Yeah, this is for the YouTube. Now, we were, I, we, I was just telling, we were having this conversation about this because it was like everybody who opens a wrestling school, for the most part, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, has the right mindset. They want to deliver knowledge to the next generation. Granted. That's why when we talked about who would do the physical training, there's a whole litany of people that I know personally that would be fantastic for the physical part. But my mind is working outside of the physical part. The most successful performers in this business are the people who can think outside of the physical part. Like, we, like you just said, the business end of it, right? How to market yourself. How are you different from everybody else? How do you stand out? What's your character? What's your gimmick? What's your motivation? What, okay, you do a shooting star press. That's awesome. How'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it to him? How did you do it to him at the time that you did it? Can you shooting start press just as easily at the 20-minute mark that you can when you do it at the two-minute mark? Because it's, it's a whole different earth you're living in 18 minutes after that first shooting start press. Where are you at with that? Thinking of everything you possibly can. I want my students to have the most versatile thought process that right. they can possibly have so when they hit the road, nothing shocks them. They right, right, roll right. with everything, and that's the brand, right? right. Because when, my stu when a student leaves a school, the way that he behaves, the way that he acts as a professional, the first words out of people's mouths, who trained you? Right. That's in every locker room. Don't mean to pull the veil back a little bit, but that's what it is. When a guy comes in and he's a cocky piece of shit, and he's not shaking anybody's hand, he's doing this, yeah, he's who doing didn't, his own thing. Who, didn't Yo, who check trained you? you? Yeah. That's the first thing they say. Who fucking trained you? And it's the other way. I've seen no-name kids get booked for 20 bucks just looking for an opportunity. They go out there, they bust their ass for 8 to 10 minutes and put on a banger. And they come in the back, and a vet will walk up to them and say, yo, who trained you? And then you say, who trained you or whatever. And they go, yo, I like you. You got a lot of shit going on. You're really cool. I need you on my next show. And that's how bookings start. But when they first meet you, that's the first thing they say. Who fucking trained you? And the whole point of branding, word of mouth will do better for your school than any social media post. Because once one kid goes out there and he's dope, and they go, who trained you? Oh, AJ trained me. Oh, that's fantastic. He's, he's a good trainer. I've heard about him. He's dope. And more students and more students and more students and so on and so on and so on. And that's how that works itself out. There's a lot of schools that produce good talent. 
Not many of them produce great talent. There's right. two schools here in the city. They don't produce any stars, period. I don't care what anybody will tell you. Yeah, they got two of them on AEW and a few of them have got looks, but no. The, for a school that's been around for over 10 years, if the best you can throw at me is two, no, I'm sorry. You've had more, way more. The ratio is horrendous. It's shameful how one-sided the ratio is of people you took money from and allowed to flounder to the point where they paid you everything they had only to go home and not be in the business anymore and drop G's into your bank account and they went home. Mm-hmm. And you didn't do anything about that. That's right. a, You're a scam and, and you're a scam artist. And without naming any names, that's the answer to your question since you know my personal information on why I didn't work with that company anymore. No, I got you. That was the big uh, one for me. Because I used to get yelled at all the time where I'm like, yo, push the guys. You have your students here? I'll interview them. I'll put them over. We'll put them over on our own time, not even on your time. Right. I'll do interviews with them at my house. There's a there's a passion there. Yeah. And, a but passion. they didn't want that because they didn't want – this was a school that literally did not want their students in other places. Stay here. That's weird. You're exclusive to here. You're our star. We built you. We made you. That's not – what the business is. I don't understand why people think like that. Yeah, that's free it's, publicity. It's, hey, you see that guy that's you know a why? badass? You know yeah, why? he wanted that here. You know why? I learned over time. You know insecurity. why Insecurity? Not so much insecurity, but remember what I just explained about the brand? Yeah. When their students go to other places and people go, who fucking trained you? And they get that wrong reaction? That stains a brand. You know, one bad apple, cool, but if you send out 10 students and they're all the shits, that comes back. That's your new brand now. You don't know how right. to train students. So rather than expose that, they'd rather just, just stay here. We'll put you over here. We'll Can you, you put that in here. a contract? <laughs> like they're not allowed. Like if they book outside of you without you yeah. being involved with that booking early, that like they're not allowed to whatever. Because if they go and do it, all, if they think they're ready when you don't think they are and they go out there and look like an asshole – that's a reflection on you. Exactly. And that's why they keep him in-house, to hide the shame. We'll put you over. Don't worry about it. We'll make you a star. Just keep loading our trucks and putting on our seats and selling our popcorn and standing at the door for tickets, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. They'll have students, they'll sit at the door and collect tickets and then have them gear up and get their ass kicked in the opening match. Right. It's like, okay, oh, thanks for the favor. I'll put you in the ring for a little bit to get the shit kicked out of you by the people who matter. Right, right. I never run. I, I'm sorry, but my my brain does not work that way. I want to give people the best opportunity to fucking succeed. Period. Right. So yeah, we got off really well, hard we on that. Hard but yeah, on but that there one. you go. That's, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, this is as truth. Shit is real. Like I don't, yeah. I don't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate it when I was a student, and I appreciate it even less when I see people still doing that bullshit to this day. And I know it goes beyond me. It's always been a wrestling thing. I get it. Doesn't mean I have to like it. No, 100%. So I will, in fact, be doing my part. The more, the drunker we got, the more inspired I became to doing that shit for real. I was like, oh, my God, I got to do this now. Hey, I want, in, I want to be the guy that they cut the promos in front of so I can be like, yo, you're fucking trash. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for more constructive, but sure. If, he's, if that's his sixth time up there and he's still throwing 
fucking trash in front of the camera. Yeah, feel free. Nah, man, yeah. I think I think I got a strong point and stuff like that. I I point shit out to you all the time, and I don't really get much disagreeance from you. So, no, because well, see, also you you you're at the time that you were asking for those opinions, you were still a novice at it. I'm not gonna sit here and go, well, that was the shits. Well, I don't know what the shits are for you yet, because I mm, haven't seen you do it. You. I can tell you what the shits are. <laughs> but in all honesty, I I I've heard people literally no lie babble. Because they just they think that's what a promo is. I just say a bunch of shit. I said you was up there for ten minutes. You didn't say a fucking thing. What happened? Yeah, I'm lost. I don't know where we're going yeah, with where, this. What's your is, end game? Where is where are we headed with this? Where what? So yeah, no, I I don't call it even. The only people that I say are shitty at promos are the people who have been doing it for years and they're still shitty at it. Right. That's when I know. Yeah, you are the shits at promos. I've had some very uncomfortable conversations with some friends of mine that are very close personal friends. And I'm like, oh, well, you're really cool. Just don't hold a microphone in front of your face and say words. Right. And you're straight. <laughs> just, Good enough. Just nod your head. Like that. Just go, yeah. <laughs> Tough guy shit. Yup. Oh, God. So our main event conversation, because we ran too long on that one there. But our main event conversation here is uh, someone in Connecticut heard that AJ Orsini was having an issue with his show. Ooh. And he needed something to talk about. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, his yeah, ears no. were burning. He said, yo, I think A's having a problem. He said, say less, fam. Yeah. I got you. He said, I got you. Go ahead and pull the trigger on those motherfuckers I was talking to you about last week. Go ahead. Just do yeah, it right yeah, yeah. He For sure. That. So we have an official list here. It's a small list. But to be honest with you, if I can be real for just a second here, none of these names actually surprised me. Did I'm a little surprised. You're a little surprised. Okay. I'm a little surprised because not only was one of them someone they were actively, like, literally in the middle of putting in main event fights. Yeah. But you have also someone else there that I'm me, that I understand, that I knew of, was someone else who was being moved around a lot and putting in good places and progressing and looking better. So, yeah. Yeah. This is the first time you send me one of these. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, All I right. didn't even bother. Well, fucked. I didn't even bother sending you the last one they did because that was just a list of who's who. Because usually when what? you send me that shit, I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this one has some heft to it. Mm-hmm. This this one had some heft. Now, I'm gonna start from the least, work my way up. Santana Garrett is gone, and that was funny because Santana Garrett is actually one of my wife's favorite women's wrestlers. But when I said Santana Garrett, she was like, who? Huh. I was like, okay, remember the chick? With you the know Wonder that person Woman? you like? Yeah. Oh. The one with the tiara. She did the whole deal with the da da da. She was like, oh, wait, she was still there? I was like, yeah, exactly. Not anymore. She gone now. She gone. She gone. Uh, she's going to go off to do whatever she. She'll probably be back in the NWA. Uh, she's going to go continue her career as an independent contractor, and everything will be fine. There you go. She'll get her own insurance of her choice. Her contract ended. She yeah. wasn't fired. Yeah. Come on, guys. Well, I don't know about ended. I think they might have just straight up released. No? No, just yeah, yeah. Released her from her it. deal. That's the it. The contract ran its course. Yeah. So the, or, the, yeah. or their patients ran their course. Which was, <laughs> what, what, something is. ran its something, course. Yeah, there was a course. And it doesn't been ran into, and it, it was got over. ran. It got ran, and it, the course is over now. That's everyone, it. It's finished. Everyone go back to their neutral corners. It's the That's course it. is run into. It's over. Yep. Uh, Buddy Murphy. That was a bit of a surprise. Who that is. Buddy Murphy was the disciple of Seth Rollins. He was the one who was fucking with Ray's daughter on TV for a little bit. 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I was what, I, dude? I was literally when I saw Mysterio and his son. That's sad that I have referred to him as his son and not who he is. This means he just never have his own identity. But Mysterio's son and him won the belt. I was thinking, what happened to that guy and his daughter? Yeah, <laughs> he hit it and split it. It was over. Uh, they him, they ran out of all kinds of ideas what to do with him, which sucks because he's he's an amazingly talented wrestler. So smooth. He's so good. And they couldn't find jack shit to do with him. Uh, but he's gone. And there's an inside joke with that because there were a lot of people, no lie, at my GSW show. Mm-hmm. And I kind of probably shouldn't say this, but it was hilarious. Uh, we're, there was a member of Forgotten Sons on my show. His name was Steve Cutler, former NXT superstar. Steve Cutler. He was on the GSW show that I had called. And uh, one of the fans... <laughs> actually came up to me. They thought that was Buddy Murphy because mm. uh, they look very similar. I was like, no, nah, Buddy Murphy's still in the WWE. He's not released. That's Steve Cutler. He changed his name to Steve Macklin. They were right. like, oh, I was, I was confused. My fault. I was like, no problem. He was, the, he, was the, he was a fan, but he was the first guy I thought of today because I was like, well, he's available now. Oh, so, I mean, August is our next show. So, Buddy, if you're listening – Stay near the phone. Cause he's accepting all phone calls. He's accepting all phone calls. I don't know. Is he heading? He's he's Australian, technically speaking. Uh, so I don't know if he's going back to Australia. I know he has citizenship here, but I don't know what his deal is. Hmm. Uh, Lana, not a surprise. Yeah. Not that a surprise. was one of the ones I was actually really surprised about. You were? Yeah. Oh. Because they seem to love her, man. They are always trying to do something with her. And on top of that, I'm on record stating that I love where she was right now. I know that's not the top of the card, but that Naomi fucking long. I was a fan of that. I love that shit. I intro with that intro is Fire. Yeah, and I thought it was something good for Naomi. I, lo- I, thought, I thought it was great for both of them, man. That's why I was just, I don't know. They There's other people they could have got. Well, you know, she's headed to AEW at this point. You know, she's going to go back with her husband over at AEW, and they're going to redo the whole Lana. Well, she won't be Lana anymore. I wonder if she's going to go back, because Miro's using his real name. Yeah. So I'm wondering if she's going to just be CJ at fucking AEW. I guess we'll see. No. Uh, but I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't terribly surprised because while yes, they have taken an interest in her. I'm like, I mean, she's what are, what are they gonna do with her? Seriously, even after the Naomi thing was discourse, like, what are you gonna do with Lana? Right. I uh, this I is a Nick Khan call. I, I Nick felt, Khan is I, like, nah, fuck it. I felt bad, man. They were doing so. I liked what she was doing. She man. was but committed. I give her that. Is. She was committed as fuck to whatever she. I was loved doing. it, man. Those two together were great. Oh man, Ruby it. Riot. Okay, I did. I didn't see that name. That's okay. Yeah. See, here's my thing. So about wait, this. one half of the tag team? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. There's that did not surprise me. I had a feeling, actually, before it's funny because remember they were a trio, right? So Sarah Rowe, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan. So first of all, of the three, Sarah's the best as far as in ring stuff. She was fired first. That was the one with the Harley Quinn gear. No, you no. said she was fired first. Okay, she was ahead, fired first. She's been fired for a while now. Yeah, gotcha. she's had a kid actually. So congratulations. Yeah, good, for her. Her. good for yeah. her. Good for her. Good for her. But she, she, she was the best ring worker they had. She was the first one fired. I have a feeling in my heart that Ruby was going to go with her, but she had gotten hurt, so they couldn't double whammy her. 
So they're like, all right, we'll just hang on to her for a little bit. And they let Liv do her own thing for a while, which failed because everything she does fails. And then That's they brought up. Ruby back. <laughs> everything you do is trash. Yeah, You're no, a failure. I'm not a huge Liv Morgan. I'm not huge on Liv Morgan. We'll just play nice and say that. Right. But that's my point in all of this. Sarah was the best. She was gone. Ruby, far better on every level, every conceivable level, and she's gone. How is Liv Morgan surviving all of this? I don't understand. She looks great. Does she? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's subjective. Right? <laughs> that's beauty not, in the yeah, eye, it's in the eye of the beholder, and I know that I, I'm not holding on to anything right you're now. Not gonna, you're not going to get me on here yeah, insulting so. any queens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm about to go full Kevin Samuels on this bitch in a second. Because, no, because, no, look, here, yeah, here's the fucking thing with her. She's not bad, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that she's actually trash. We're joking. It's a, it's, it's a fucking show. But at the same time, it doesn't really actually, in all seriousness, of the three, to be fair, she was the weakest. She was the most inexperienced. Uh, she, by far, of the worker, uh, of the in-ring stuff, she was on the bottom of that totem pole. She wasn't even the best talker. Ruby's clearly the best talker. I don't understand what her value is. I can make an argument Lana probably had more value. And now they're both gone at the same time, but... No, they're not gone. Liv's still there. That's my point. Yeah, I, I can make an argument. Alana has more value to that company than fucking uh, Liv Morgan does. I don't know how she keeps escaping this fucking rest. <sighs> Maybe they just well, they wanted to do something with her, and it could just been it could have been a thing like, hey, look, this is what we're doing. What do you want to do? It could have been something like that too. And it's like, oh, you know, I'd rather just go do something else. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe it was. Maybe it was a mutual thing. Fuck it. Because it, but there was there was no reason why these cuts were made, right? So it could be all kinds of things. It well, could be yeah. whether it be disagreements or contract disagreements or I think because negotiation of Nick, failures, yeah, I, things like that, right? I think because of Nick's position, people are just assuming it's a financial decision. But there is exactly, and that's there why is I don't no want actual I wanna, yeah official that reason. It, yeah, there's not a reason being stated why. Right. Yeah. No. No. No specific. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so it could be. Li- We're just assuming they're it's taking up too much yeah. fucking, <laughs> yeah. too much cap space, and they're not providing. Well, the reason why, be... okay, but that's not really completely unfounded. No, because there's because been a lot of releases it. recently. On all levels, we've lost some executives. We've lost members of the creative team. It just seems like they're in a, 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 a I don't want to say spring cleaning, but they're, uh, they're going through a lot of changes here. Nick Khan is kicking honest, some ass. If you want me to be honest, I would imagine it has something to do with the pandemic showing true colors, right? It's easy to get lost in the shuffle or like fade into black and collect a salary when you probably aren't really providing anything to whatever. So on the executive level, it could have been, hey, we're not traveling anymore. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. And we're working out as a company really good right now, but these positions, what are they actually providing? And then they do an inventory on what everybody's doing or whatever the case may be in their value. And then that's when you start making fucking cuts. Hey, look, you used to provide this, but the world's like this now. So we don't really need that. And well, I they're don't back think on I the road in July to do that. You heard? Say they're, that? They're back on the road in July. I understand. Oh, but I understand that. Saying, but what I'm saying, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that um, that not being on the road made some people's jobs irrelevant. I think not being on the road condensed a lot of work. 
so that it's like I said, it's easier to fall back and people not notice you anymore and what you're providing because of the hustle and bustle, but because things slowed down and you're able to actually like, you got the time to look at some shit. Cause you're not on a plane every fucking day. You start going, why am I paying you six digits? Yeah. I, some of the I, people were making but, but I hired a guy five years ago who does half of what you do already. So why do I, you know what I mean? Like these are, could be reasons why some people were released. Yeah. It also doesn't help that Nick comes, he was a CEO of his own company before he came in. This guy knows all about that corporate bottom line and yeah, trying to exactly. get above those what numbers. Are you yeah. to me? Why am I paying you this? What is the value? In this? Yeah, what are you bringing? What are you bringing? And oh, then God. if you are bringing this, how do I condense that into yeah. another position that I can pay a younger guy less money to do? And you know what? Not for nothing. It just dawned on me in my head right now. He, he was the CEO of his own company, and forgive me, I don't have it in front of me. I, I remember reading about this. He was the CEO of his own company. So on the corporate side of things, I think he understands that. But now he's walking into a world, and, I'm, and this is now two weeks in a row that we're going to bring this up, but he's walking into a world now where he gets to experience the word independent contractors. So he's yeah. like, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. I don't you have mean, to give these fuckers severance packages? I don't have to give them a reason. Yeah. I could just terminate their fucking contract at fucking will. Right. This is crazy. Kickback. I don't have to worry about. Kickback, I don't have to worry no, about. No, no uh, union. What you call that? No unions coming. No union. No. Um. What's that shit? Unemployment. None yeah. of that. Stuff. I don't have to worry about any of those fucking federal agencies coming after me for any reason. What? Correct. Yeah. I'm going fucking. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. He's you're like, gone. I'm reading over these contracts. You guys are kind of assholes, but yeah. it makes my job <laughs> so much easier. Yeah. Like I have. No fucking, because he's probably had to go through the whole rigmarole oh, as. I'm like, as wow, the, how are you getting these assholes to sign these contracts? Yeah, these are. I can literally fire them because they looked at me wrong. Whatever, yeah, I could do whatever I want. I heard this yep. motherfucker sneeze three years ago. I wasn't even here, but fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, we got two more names on this list, and I think these are the two that. A lot of people seem surprised or that I'm a little unaware of. I know it's a huge impact or not an impact, but like, I know it's a big name. Uh, the other, the, I don't know which one you're going to do first, but the other one I was kind of like, wow. Yeah. Well, I'll do the other one. Alistair Black. Yes. Uh, was the, is the spouse of Zelina Vega, which is where I think my lack of surprise stems from that. Uh, because uh, this guy wanted to leave. They weren't using him like almost at all. He told them he wanted to leave. Right. When they fucked over his wife, he said, Uh-oh. I don't want to be here anymore. They both going to AEW? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I think, I honestly, I think Alistair's going to do something back at home before he goes to any place here in the States. I don't know. Uh, he was a big progress star over in the UK, so we'll see. Maybe... Because that's what Drew did. Drew went back to the Indies at home, and then right. and then he figured it out. So who knows? Who but, knows? Yeah, who knows? It could be a, he could be anywhere at any point. Uh, Leo Rush just debuted in AEW, so they're obviously still taking applications, right? But uh, I this is why I think I have a lack of surprise about this because his whole deal with his wife, he wanted to leave, and they told him, "No, we we've got you contracted for a while now." So he's like, "All yeah. right, so here's the deal: if I can't leave, cool." Can I go back to NXT? You know, because Finn went. It's working out for him. I'll work on the Triple H again. I'm still under the umbrella. Contractually, I'm still here. It works for everybody. You don't have to see my face. I don't have to see your face. And we'll be fine. And they said no. 
Yeah, if I'm business, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're not understanding this. I want you this. here. This is not about what makes you feel better. Right. It's about what your contract says to do. And I want you here. So yeah. I need you to shut the fuck up. But here's you... the deal, though. They didn't even use him when he was there. They just said no. And no then because now home. they're pissed off. Yeah, now they're, yeah. Because now, now you... it's that corporate offense, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, okay. How dare you? I had, I had so many plans for you. You thought you were going to come to me with a good idea? Okay, I got your good idea. <laughs> I got your good idea you right could here. Be, you could be the greatest wrestler in promo of all time. Your ass is sitting the bench now because you disrespected me. How dare you broach this with me? How dare you? I'm not for broaching. You can't dare broach you me. Broach me with productive and <laughs> constructive ideas. I run this shit. Fuck at this. Are you actually coming to a solution? No. That's not how this works. Oh, I will meet your solution with more problem, my friend. Don't with more problem. What was a piper? Uh, once you think you've got all the answers, I change the questions. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's full on piper. They're looking to say no. Love that shit. I oh like that god! Energy. But yeah, it was not much of a surprise for me. But here's where there's some confusion. Uh, buddy, as a matter of fact, we just had him on the show. Paul Green hit me up. He was like, I don't understand this. Didn't they just start a program with him and Big E on TV? Why fire him? I said, well, in, in all honesty, I really truly believe the only reason we're going to talk about the next guy in a second. They did the same thing to him. I think the reason for the sudden appearance was to get him back on TV and get his name back out there right. so that he could do something uh, on his own. You know, because he's been... On the bench for God knows how long now, almost a year, no? A right. long time. And mm-hmm. I think former WWE superstar that they haven't heard in a while doesn't sound nearly as good as, you know, fresh off of Monday Night Raw or whatever the fuck he was doing. Right. Uh, it, it helps a little bit, you know, get him a little something and he can go out there and get a jump start on something. And who knows? Alistair feels a lot like the Drew McIntyre situation to me. I think truly... The people inside WWE, they don't necessarily dislike him. Right. I just don't think that they he does what they want him to do. So if he can find himself like Drew did, maybe we'll Who see knows? him back again. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? If there's anything we learned with the WWE, that there's that no matter how how bad it may look or actually be, in the right circumstances, things can be talked. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. What does it say? Uh, we're always... Business is always business. Absolutely. Business is always business. Yes, what you're doing right now is garbage and we don't like it. Go away. But if you could ever come back to our door with something we actually want to sell. Right. Then, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. 100%, man. I think he's in that spot. uh, I don't know if he's going to change his ways. Even if he wants to. We don't even know if he fucking wants to. He could hate the company. He he could, for all the things that we've heard about him, he could probably still be harboring some sort of shit for what they did to his wife. Right, and we don't know what's happening at home. We don't Which know I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that perspective. If that's the perspective, okay. So, but that's another discussion. Yeah. Answer. Hey, look, it. I'm married. I'm right there with you. I don't like when these marriages start taking over situations. No, not even no. marriages, but some of these situations is dating. It'd be one of those things. It'd be one of those things, honestly, like if that was me and me and my wife were in a company together, I would have to look at her and be like, look, push come to shove. At the end of the day, business is business. We have to do whatever we have to do for our family. And we both have careers that we love. Whatever. I'm going to let you always say what you want to say, regardless if I agree with you not or not. And I'll always stand behind you. And whatever those repercussions end up being, end up being. But don't you ever for one second 
assume that I have to jump off a hill that you're jumping off of just because <laughs> we're together. And I expect you to treat me the same exact way. If I jump off the hill and you don't agree with it, let me fall. Does it mean that when we go home, I fucking hate you? I'm making this decision actively yeah. myself. So I need to live with that decision. And you, as my spouse, as my other half, is supposed to still support me regardless of what decision you make because me not saying anything to you or stopping you from doing what you're doing is me supporting you as well. And so we're not I, saying I don't agree yeah. if that is the actual case. Right. And and as you just said it right there, if we don't know, we're not saying that that's what it is. No, we're no, just, this yeah. is all speaculation. We're all just speculation. bullshitting right now. Yeah. We're just throwing shit against the wall. But like I said, we don't know what's going on at home. And I agree with you. If that's what's going right. on, then no, we got to have a conversation about that. But, no, no, no. but you know what? Agree. To be fair, if, if to play devil's advocate, if that was the case, I wouldn't put it past him because you know what? There's a lot of rumor to this day that the reason why Charlotte was off WrestleMania is because WWE was salty at Andrade for leaving. And and there's a lot of people who are saying that that's what it was, that that's the real reason. There's been some excuses thrown around. Yeah, well, I have, I, have my, I have my thoughts about that too, man. Regardless of justification or not, if you screw the business, you can't, be mad at the business for being upset and screwing someone else. Like you can't tell the company who is larger than you to not be offended and make moves based on that reaction uh, because of something that you did. I mean, that's just the way life works. So, well, one more name on this list. uh, And I guess uh, to your most surprising, this was the most surprising. This was the biggest name, Braun Strowman gone from the WWE. literally just have him he was just working with the champ he was in the main event of the pay-per-view that just passed he was in the triple threat match and was the focal point they were working together to beat him up they were they were pushing <laughs> yes he, they he were had pushing be, this guy hard but to be fair to be fair when we were doing our wrestlemania conversation i i said on the show but on the pre on the pre stuff that we did when we did the two nights and I think I even said it on the uh, the aftermath episode where you and I kind of talked about Mania after the fact. I was I was so clueless as to how Shane and Braun even started. Right. I was like, why are we even here? These two don't have a connection at all. But now the sudden rush to because remember, well maybe you don't remember, but he had a severe illness before the cage match. He was in the hospital for a while. Who oh, Braun? Yeah, Braun. He okay. had some sort of emergency surgery. There was something with his health. Okay. And then out of nowhere, out of the blue, he disappears. He has the whole health thing. He comes back. Okay. And he's thrown into this thing with Shane at Mania. He's forced on top with the title and then released. Right. So I don't know if this is a similar situation with Alistair where they were like, he's been on TV for so long. They just put him in a high-profile situation maybe to help his stock. Give him a chance to heal. Yeah, to kind of, I don't know, maybe just help his stock also right. on the way out. Right. You know, so they got the footage. that They're like, yeah, look, he was a top guy here. You know, we can, if they ever plug him back in, it could be a situation of, well, look, he, he belongs on top. That's where he was. Right, right, right. But I will still say to this day that the minute he had his program with Brock and Brock kind of two-pieced him for real, and then went back to the locker room, and I, I'll never forget this phrase. I remember I didn't come up with this. Someone said it on the internet. He said, when Lesnar says you are a bum, you are done. And I think that's what happened with Brock. He worked with Braun and said, nah, this ain't the cat. And he fucking left. That was it. I want out of this program right now. Please. Damn. This is no good. 
He was he two piece him on live TV on pay per view. I gotta watch that clip. I got I he he hit him for fucking real, two piece. Ba ba ba. Get up. Listen to me. Slow down. Low, slow I, down. How slow did Brums re- react to it? Oh, he just. How do you think he's gonna react? Professionally or professionally? Did he, just, he didn't do it. Or he no took sense. it like a bitch. No, I took it like a man. I'll give him the All credit. Right. He ate it, sold it, got up, worked the match, but it was the point of. Right, right, right. No, it's no, no, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it was, it was the point of hitting this, this. I don't know what it was that Brock was realizing, uh, throughout the course of that match, but he Pick was the like, leg no. of Strowman, that club. Oh, oh, that wow. Wow. Oh, Anita the jaw. Oh, he caught Lesnar good. Anita the jaw. Yeah, he said, Anita the jaw. Anita the jaw. David doesn't believe what God just happened. There we go. Jeez, I was waiting for all this shit to catch up. The audio's not going to do it any justice. I got to show it to you here. I'm going to send it to you right now so that you can take a quick look at what this shit looks like. Here you go. Right. Just sent it right now. And let me see. Let me, I, I'm going to mute it for just a second because it's fucking loud. It's fucking my ears. There it was. Okay. Now that I'm playing the clip, it was a stiff-ass knee, and he just boom, boom, and then down to his knees. You'll see it. Let me know when that pulls out. That, oh, they replayed it. Fucking knee to the head. Oh, is that? Oh, is that why he did it? Because he he like he hit him for real. Damn, yeah, he hit him he real. Rocked his whole head. So Brock opened up a can of whoop ass on that nigga. He hit him. The first one was to the gut. It's a boom, a real stiff knee, right? And then Brock gets a bam to the ribs and bam to the head. And you, Ed Lesnar walks over to him. You stupid bitch. And uh, yeah, bam! They replayed it and everything. Boy, they were trying to get their money's worth. Yo, they knew. he, yo, and the whole time Kane's like, "Yo, this nigga's getting his yeah, ass." Yeah, this thing. <laughs> if you notice in the replay of the the knee, because the, the replay gives you a different angle, Kane is set up for the choke slam, or not not choke slam. Excuse me, he's holding onto the rope. Kane is looking at them because I don't know if something's supposed to happen, but as soon as he hits Brock in the in the face. If you notice on the replay of the punches, He's, he grabs the rope. Kane again. backs up. And he goes, Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to let Brock He's, handle Kane his business. Kane saw that. It was like, mm, Something <laughs> bad about to happen. Mm-hmm-hmm. He was singing them slave songs. Oh, no. Mm-hmm-hmm. Braun's about to get that work. Dude, oh. he stiffed him. He and hit he, him in his fucking And head. he rocked his yeah. shit, too. The rim shot. It's kind of scary to see a man of that stature stagger the way he did after one hit. That shit hurt. With a glove on. He hit that. It wasn't even bare knuckle. It was he, a glove. He struck him right in the temple, dude. He staggered him. He hit that nigga right in the fucking ribs, right? Hit him. Boom. Buckled him and then cracked him in the mouth. How hard was that knee, though? Because he hit that him with knee, the thigh. That knee was for real. If you look, hold on, let me see. Let me go. See, uh, it happened real quick on that. I got to see the replay real quick and see where we landed on that. Because you let me see, here's the replay here. Damn, no, dude. He that's him. all quadricep. He didn't hit him with the knee. Yeah, cap. he hit no knee. It was all meat. It, it was, was all, all meat. Yeah, but I mean, look at that meat. Son. I mean, listen, hey, yo, pause. <laughs> My man's got some big meat. Yeah, he's got saying. big meat, son. What the fuck? He's got big meat. Son. Yeah, and when that big meat hits you across the face, you can't help but be disrespected. <laughs> you can't be a little stagger. You got you to punch the person who hits Brock you. Brock Lesnar was like, yo, did you just hit me in the face with your meat, son? Like, what no, the fuck? did you hit me all meat, Kate? All right meat? to the side of my ear? Oh, you didn't no. ask me, bro. I'm stiffing you. Unacceptable. Oh. Unacceptable across the board. 
Oh my god. So yeah, so uh that was pretty I knew right then. Which was this? This was in 2018. I knew then. I was like, "Bro, it's not going to happen." The only reason why I really believe he lasted any longer was because he answered the phone when Roman got, uh left for COVID and uh he took that match against Goldberg and won the universal title which was supposed to be Roman's spot. He answered the call at short notice and it kind of gave him uh a pass in that moment. Uh, but I always knew it was a matter of time. And to be honest with you, he was very limited. He's a big guy with a great look, but he can't really do much else, as you can clearly see. Only a fool would throw a knee like that to a guy like that. <laughs> Live on pay-per-view. Lesnar gets up. You stupid bitch. Like, oh, that was it. That was it for you. So no more Braun Strowman at the WWE. And everyone's like, well, he'll go to AEW. I'm not so sure. No. I'm getting Rusev vibes from this guy. I think this guy's going to take a minute before I think he starts that, I looking think at the that one, if I were to just guess completely and not know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about at all, I think this might be just like a little bit of a break thing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I don't Maybe could very well could be that they just let him out of his contract to just here, just rest, go do something yeah. else. You said he had an injury too. Maybe he's in a lot of pain. Maybe he didn't re- like it's getting worse. It's time to go on. He's trying and it's just too much. They clearly wanted to do something with him, right? Like, it, it, I don't think this is a, hey, I walk in the office, I look at the numbers, and I say, hey, we're paying Braun too much. Like, I don't think that's the case, especially when they're in the midst of pushing this guy to a believable feud with champions where he could, like, it's not far-fetched if he actually won. No, it wouldn't be. To, to, and so for that to be the appearance and then go, hey, all right, you're cut. Either something really bad happened, which we'll probably find out about soon, or this is a look, man. I'm, I'm in, I don't know. I need some time, dude. And we're about to go back on the road. Like, this is hard for me in one place. Yeah. I don't know if I can go back on the road like this. I need time to heal. That's that's what I'm I'm guessing. Cause that it just makes no sense how you go on the main event of a pay-per-view and then you're cut. And then like not even in the company anymore. Right, like exactly. that close like to winning, gone, the, gone. you're that close to winning the WWE Championship, and now you don't even work there anymore. You don't exist. You yeah. know, like Thanos slapped you right out, snapped you right and off. And now the I feel muscle. bad because somebody put that choo-choo sound on TV. They worked really hard to get that choo-choo sound on, <laughs> and now there's no one to do the choo-choo. For. That's a scary ass train, dude. No, uh, it's gonna come back with a Jericho countdown or something like that. <laughs> the big end, the big return. Yeah, and then it's gonna go black, and then you hear. Choo choo, and then he's gonna have a new theme. He's gonna come out. Oh, and everyone's man. gonna fucking new explode. music. You heard it here first, boys. Yeah, he's called Babe Ruth. It is calling his shot. That's it, man. Oh man. Okay, so whew, we got that was through. fun. That was fun. See, we made fun of it. There we go. See, look at you panicking like a little bitch. <laughs> oh God, yes. So uh, this is episode one ninety two. We got all of our stuff, all of our chest here. You gotta check out those biographies. I am on the move to that, dude. I'm yeah, like, you got like well over a week now day. because we're we're Wednesday, so you got like well over a week before we gotta sit down again. So you got time, brother. Yes, time, sir. Brother. Uh, also, real quick before we get out of here, someone gave me crap. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. This is going to be real short and sweet, okay? Uh-huh. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Yes, I'm 38 years old, and yes, I watched the new Mighty Ducks. Get over yourself. It was entertaining, okay? I had fun with it. I'm not going to lie. I was inebriated for most of it, but it was awesome. I yeah. enjoyed it. They brought back some of the old ducks. It was good feel, okay? 
It was all right. Get off. I don't think case. they understand how hardcore of a Mighty Ducks person you were. Like we saw that. No, I don't I watch don't... that shit. I don't know. Almost every other day. Nah. Yeah, I, I get I, it. I, I you said it. It didn't. A part of me was like, "Why are you watching that?" But then, a, then the other half was like, "Dude, you know why he's watching? You that. know why he's watching that? What kind of question yeah. is that?" Yeah. So you know, fuck off. Leave me alone. It was cool. If it makes it feel anybody better about the situation, I watched it with my son. Well, see, that's the that's it, man. That's the excuse. No, that's I it. don't need an excuse. I watched no, it for me. I know you don't need one, but yeah. that's why it's like okay. Like they're they're mad. They're like you watched it. They're really saying, oh, I wish I had a kid to watch that have a reason to watch it, so people didn't make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> my my son's getting to that age now. We were watching uh, uh, one of the Teen Titans things, and they were making fun of the Brainiac character that he still lives with his mom and stuff. And my mm-hmm. son, um, I didn't watch it. At the time, my son was watching it. He explained it to me, and he walks over to me. He goes, hey, Dad, that's Brainiac. I said, yeah, I know who Brainiac is. He goes, yeah, he's a loser. <laughs> and I was like, how is he a loser? And he was like, because he's a full-grown adult that still lives with his mom and got no job and no girlfriend. And I said, wow, where did you learn all this shit Jesus from? Jesus like, God damn. That's and appar- heavy. Apparently, that's what was how it was worded in the car- in the episode. So I was like, golly. Wow, somebody in the writing team is going through something. I said, shit. I said, Alex, I said, who hurt you, brother? What's going on? What is what is this? He was like, hey, he's a loser. I said, well, he's a loser. I said, so wait a minute. I said, no girlfriend. Because he tells us all the time that he's not getting married. He's going to live with us forever until the other time. Yeah, I used to say the same thing. Yeah, I know. And I I told him, I said, I said, he's a loser for living with his mom. You said you weren't going to leave your mother and you're going to live with him, live with her. And then he goes, no, but I won't be a loser, though, because I'm going to be working and making money and staying staying stuff. I was like, oh. So that means you're going to have money when you get here. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. So that means no free rides here. You're going to be paying. You're going to be paying for stuff. Like, you no. recorded this, right? So when he hits that teenage no, year, he goes, he goes, wants no, no. To smoke he goes, weed and sleep. No, he said that he, well, his plan is, is that he's, he's, he's not going to get married. He's going to buy a house. Gotcha. And then he's going to move us into that house. I got you. So I said, okay, so I'm straight then. This was a good idea to have you. I'm glad. <laughs> I like glad. this investment. Yeah, this was a good investment. So I keep that out of the record. I was like, yo, keep that same yeah, energy. Yeah, those long nights were for a reason. I just that's keep, my retirement plan right there. Keep that same energy when you start getting pussy, and now you won't want nothing to do with your parents because you just gotta walk around the house with your balls out, and you need your privacy. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it doesn't stop me now, but that's another question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for enjoying. And, of course, thank you guys for being a part of this show as we near the 200th episode. I keep saying it because I know it's getting close. I just don't know where we're headed with that. So I'm going to keep doing it until I figure out where I'm going. <laughs> it'll all, just like today, it'll all come together. It'll all come together. All come together. It always does. Always. Have faith. Trust the process. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. 100 episodes now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please. He needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.